That's a bang. That I don't know why we didn't keep that as our original theme song. Uh, <laughs> that was that's what it was originally, y'all. Pretty pretty bad. <laughs> I remember when I first heard that, and I was like, "Ooh, maybe this podcast isn't going to be a thing." <laughs> yep, and then it was no, back to the drawing board. That was incredible. <laughs> um, hey guys, if this is your first episode, kind of weird. <laughs> But all right. Kind of. It's... But also, thanks for finally checking yeah, us out. Yeah, you know, you've been sleeping on us for too long. I have absolute nightmares of people's first episode being the one where I'm just eating pretzels. Oh, my God. That was a classic one. Um, this is a movie podcast about movies. Uh, that was a redundant sentence, and I hate myself for saying it. <laughs> I am uh, Ethan. I'm one of the hosts of the show. I'm David. I'm one of the other hosts. And I'm... Um, William, the third Rick, host. Did you say Rick Bob William the third? I'm Rick Bob William the third. He's our uh, silent but very, very wealthy uh, 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 sponsor. They finally let me use a microphone this episode. I've been sitting in on them they, the last couple just, of times and trying to tell them how they should do the show, but they don't this, listen to me. This character just became like 80. Like, the first voice was not old. The second voice was so old. These fucking punkster kids never listen to what I have to say. If I'm not Jim, Jimbo Bill, Billiam, I don't remember what the name was. I'm so old. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's a fucking so, great show. This is such a good show. I'm so happy people this, listen to us. This is our two-year anniversary. What a road. What a, what a fucking journey. I know what so you're far. thinking. Dear listener, what I'm thinking about where was is that episode? Where was the the one year anniversary episode? Well, that was our hiatus time. Yep. So like, it's we've been going. You can't see my air quotes for two years, but like we've been going basically for 2019 and a month. <laughs> <laughs> like, like 2019 yeah. when people are like, oh, the podcast is still going on. I'm like, yeah, but like 2019, like we're fucking doing it, yo. We're actually we're, doing it, yo. We're like kicking. But we we changed our expectations instead of like a weekly episode, we're like monthly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're monthly, and then maybe we'll scatter a few in there for yeah, fun. Yeah. And we do do that actually. Do do pretty. You say we do do so I, much, and I love I it. Do say do do because you know sometimes you gotta lay out the do do. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing though. We're still not good at making podcasts because we, we have so not bad. done the intro, the actual introduction, like theme song yet. I mean, so we should probably do that eventually, Wait, right? What? what? No, 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 we already did the intro. No, that that was the original theme song that that would never actually made it to air that we've brought out as like a special treat, like an extra thing. So we still have to do the normal one. Give but me, I don't know. Like, I feel like feed we're too too aware feed of me it the now. fucking intro. Feed me the intro. Here you go. Pipe it hot. Eat it up. Recorded from deep within the great lakes of the internet live. Two men buried under bad movies and popcorn try their best to survive. But how long could that possibly last? Find out as you join Ethan and David in this episode of Feature Cast. That was so not what I was expecting. I don't know what to do. It uh, catches me off guard every time. Because I know it's got like a rising 
like uh, build, so you have to get a little bit louder to still be heard. So I, I don't know. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> let's just fucking, we're gonna kick the door down, because this could, this could be a long episode. Yes. We are, you know, we are doubling our first impression and backlog count for this, for this week. Wow. No, month for this episode. Not an exact Fuck. double, but it's alright. Well, we went from three to five, and we went from one to two, so that's an exact double. Well, three to five? <laughs> I don't know if that one's the double. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just, I can do math. Um, <laughs> we're almost at the exact double. So, do you want me to kick it off? You want to kick it off? What do you want to do here, big boy? So, first impressions, that's where we talk about movies that we've only seen the one time, and it's our first time watching it. A lot of times, it's new movies. Sometimes, it's a lot of times. movies. We have yeah. a whole separate category within first impressions called the backlog, where we do, like, older movies that we missed, some that might be contemporary and more modern, other ones might be classics, just ones that we want to get around to watching, and sometimes, you know, like, if we're watching a certain group of movies for an episode. So like our Valentine's day episode, for example, we'll talk about romantic comedies and, and things of that ilk. Um, but sometimes there are ones that don't really fit into those, but we still want to watch. So those kind of go on the backlog. Was that a good enough introduction? The way I look at the backlog, that's really good. I look at the backlog. I feel like maybe a little differently than you, which is actually okay. I like having like different interpretations. I think the backlog is like those movies that have always been on your radar that you always wanted to watch, mm-hmm. but for some reason you didn't get to it because like obviously you can't see every movie. Like we see a lot of fucking movies, and there's so many we everything. don't miss. And like so, we like there miss. are movies that we're all and we're always playing catch up with the movies that were out before we were even born. So like Citizen Kane is still embarrassingly on you my back. Born yet when that came out? I wasn't. But like, I, was I was born, born when that came out. It's me. But, but like I was also born when I am big, um, big, big what? man. Stop with those voices. <laughs> like also Coco is a movie I still haven't seen. For some reason I just missed it when it came out. I fucking own it. I just haven't had the time to put it in and watch it. So that's. That's how I look at the backlog. So, do you want to kick it off, or do you want me to kick it off? Uh, I'll kick it off with some first impressions. Kick it off! Kick it um, off! The most recent film I, I saw was... Godzilla, King of Monsters. Ooh, boy! This movie, I'm seeing literally tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am so excited to see some fucking kaiju on kaiju action. Now, there is definitely a lot of kaiju on kaiju Ooh. action. There's more kaiju than you might have expected in this movie. Ooh, um, fuck yeah. Which is, which is fun. Now, here is the thing. I think the movie's good. I don't think it's oh. great. I don't think it's great. I had a fun time with it. It was a blast and a half. But I don't know if I'd really re-watch it as much. Um... The soundtrack was the the same guy that did the God of War soundtrack, which is fantastic. And this one, to me, it was the way they did the sound mixing. I think took away from the soundtrack because um, huh. you kind of like when Godzilla roars, you can't really hear anything. Right. Um, this one, it it tried to take the two tones from the previous film. So it took from the 2014 Godzilla, kind of that serious and intense, like this is an epic battle that's been going on for ages and humans are just there for it, while also trying to keep the, the fun, more like um, beat-em-up kind of style of Kong Skull Island. And it tries to match them, and I think parts of that take away from both of those tones at points. So it's definitely there. Some things that are pretty convoluted in the movie. Um, it still does the same thing that the previous movies have done, where they have good actors that just kind of are there and don't do much. Um, <laughs> but it's still fun. So, 
like of course the 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 all of the kaiju take center stage as they should um and and that's that's really enjoyable they, they do a great job with that mothra is fantastic um godzilla is obviously still fantastic um and then all the other kaiju it brings out are also incredible so out of curiosity this movie has like a surprisingly like almost loaded cast of those smaller actors that I just really like. So we got like Kyle Chandler, Vera Farmiga, Millie Bobby Brown, Charles Dance, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Mm -hmm. Um, Charles Dance is fantastic. Okay, Um, of course he is. God. Kyle Chandler sucks kind of bad. What? He's just, it's literally anyone else could be in those, that role. (laughs) It doesn't really do much. How's Millie? How's Eleven? Kind of wasted. Like, she's important to it, but, like, she doesn't really go through the whole scope of acting that we know that she can. And, I don't know. I I think that she does fine in this, but it's one that it doesn't utilize people's skills the best. Did you see... You saw Kong, Skull Island, right? Yes. So that movie, obviously, didn't really have the greatest, like, character stories. Like, those characters, the human characters... Mm -hmm. They were kind of just, like, cannon fodder. Yeah. And, like, a few of them we had, like, familiar faces that we liked, but, like, really, we didn't know much about the characters. We didn't care much about the characters. Basically, yeah. they're just on the island and then just, like, craziness ensues. Is it worse than that? Is it better? What um, is Because the main, the main thing I'm hearing about this movie is, like, kaiju action, awesome, characters, really bad. And it's, it's getting... Yeah, this, the like, characters are, are pretty garbage in this. It's one where it's, like... I don't know. They they're interesting enough to hold your attention between kaiju fights and they barely do it. So basically there's multiple moments to take a bathroom break. Yeah. Is this like the definition of a movie to watch on your phone? Like if there's no. talking you can be on your phone and if there's not you can Oh, watch okay, it. okay. I thought you meant like watch Godzilla on your phone. No, no, no. no, no. Like, be on your phone while watching this movie in theaters. Um, I mean, you you shouldn't, because there are other people there, and it's rude, David. No, you buy out the entire theater. You're doing a good thing for the theater, because you're buying all the tickets for the entire thing. Lots of money. Um, but then you're, you know, just on your phone browsing through, uh, you know, whatever <laughs> you browse through. <laughs> <laughs> David, give me one of your first impressions. So, my first impression is the... Newly released, recently, super recently released, uh, documentary on HBO, Game of Thrones: The Last Watch. So mm-hmm. this is the documentary following the production of the final season of Game of Thrones. So obviously, the final season of Game of Thrones kind of sucked. I've been off the Game of Thrones, you know, fan train for like. But a few when years. you when you were on it, David, you were choo choo all aboard. You had your own blog. It was, it was more of a news website, entertainment website. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I own you know four copies of the book series. I love the books. I'm I'm starting the books over again just because, you know, I love like nephews for that love again. It's one of the f- funnest f- worlds to just fall in love with because there's so much going on in it. Mm-hmm. And this this documentary is actually, it's really fun and it's it's showing you a side of, I I don't know if it was less episode or two episodes ago where I said I would love to see a documentary of like the making of Lord of the Rings right yeah seeing this because Game of Thrones is on a scale all of its own when it comes to TV shows there's nothing that even 
you know, puts up a fight for the type of production Maybe that Elf. Jones has. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Fraggle Rock, you know. Um, and so seeing seeing all the work that goes into this, you know, if it's makeup on the White Walkers, if it's just the fucking snow on the ground, seeing all that, you know... <laughs> God, I hate you. Um, all, seeing all that just come to life and the people behind that, it's really cool. Also... One of the coolest things is seeing the table reads with all the actors between season one and now, and mm-hmm. just seeing that contrast. Because when the show came out, like nobody knew what it was going to be. Obvi- like whenever any pilot gets launched for a show, nobody knows how how well it's going to land. And you know they were lucky enough to make the biggest show of all time. And seeing that, and then also with the recent news of Kit Harrington, uh, you know, putting himself into rehab. Because of, I'm assuming probably a little bit of this like sadness of the show being over and what that means for the future of his career and and losing that part of his life. Because a lot of these actors, when they signed on, they were nobodies. They hadn't acted before, mm-hmm. and it's just it's really it's well. And like, it, if you ever saw Pompeii with Kit Harrington, you know this is it. You don't know <laughs> this is this is really it. But like, I think there's a I think. It's going to be really hard really for a... Good. Is he? I, he, he just checked into rehab. I don't want to, like, slam dunk on, like, a movie he made, like, five years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, I think a lot of these actors are going to, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where they land. Like, it's really, it's hard for, for actors after a TV show is so, so, like, entwined into the cultural context of everything to get out of that character and be somebody else. You know? Like, I mean... Like Joey yeah. from Friends. Yeah, like uh, like Jesse from Breaking Bad. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's been trying so hard, and he's not even a he's a really good actor. It's just mm-hmm. hard to get out. It's really hard. Um, Charles Dance obviously did it with Godzilla. Absolutely. <laughs> Charles Dance is such a badass though. Um, and yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun doc to watch. There are obviously some points where a little slow, but this is such a such a heartstring of mine. Is that? Is that even how you say that phrase? Uh, that it it just no no it's not. This not is even pulling close. on my heart string. You know I don't know how to say it. I never said that before. We're we're all trying new things. <laughs> but <laughs> it, you know it's fun. It's fun to finally see that behind the scene look that isn't just a Blu-ray extra or you know a YouTube featurette. Plus it's also man it's crazy how like how many fucking like extras they have to have and the costuming for that. And just like how how early hair and makeup has to start for some of these people, it's crazy. It's also a lot of like Avengers has been doing this where they've been releasing like fake trailers. I heard that fucking noise again, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> it literally sounds like like the tray of a comp- of a printer falling down. It's haunting me. <laughs> uh, um. But because during the production of the final season, they brought on, like, old characters throughout the season to, like, film different, uh, like, scenes and stuff. So, so nobody knew what would actually happen. Kind of cool. Yeah. So, David, I've also watched a documentary recently about the making Ooh. of a uh, kind of high fantasy uh, epic that kind of swept, swept the world um, based on, Did like, you? a pre-existing... Um, franchise that you know people had questions about going into this this new 
installment of. I'd say oh. that's kind of a fair assessment of what yours was. Yeah. Mine was about the, the video game series God of War. Um, have you oh. played God of War? You know, I have not, but it's always been one of those titles that caught my eye and looked like fun, but I feel like the first few games were just kind of button mashers that I just didn't want to do. And that's totally fair. Um, have you heard about the new God of War? The new one's supposed to be fucking, like, next-level amazing. It is, hands down, one of the greatest video games I've ever played. Ooh, that's quite the accolade. Absolutely. Um, it is phenomenal. And I, I was worried going into a documentary about the making it that it would maybe take away from the game a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. The documentary I'm referring to is called Raising Kratos, which you can watch for free on YouTube or on PlayStation oh. or wherever you want. Um, it is really good, though. Um, this game took years and years and years to make. And there are some super emotional moments in it where they didn't know, like, how people would react to the game. So, like, all of their first kind of things and some of the challenges they have, as well as, like, what they were doing with the actors, the two lead actors in this. Um, it is really, really well done um, for a game that, it, like, I, I think it's good to play the game first because they do talk about some spoilery things in the, the movie. Um, as yeah. I'm sure the same is with the Game of Thrones documentary. Um, totally, yeah. But it's... So it's one that you do have to have this other product first before you should really consume. But it's a fantastic add-on to that project that adds more to it. Um, that I feel like The Last Watch probably did as well. Um, there are... Towards the end, especially, there are scenes that actually made me cry. Um, which you wouldn't expect, really, in a documentary about a video game. But that kind of shows crazy. you what the story really is. Um, so, okay, I, a, few, a few questions. Let's, let's unravel this onion together. Mm-hmm. Have you played all, like, is, is God of War a game that you've played all of them, you have, like, a strong connection with, or just this last one? Is just one this like last one. Really? Yeah. I know That's of the other wild. ones, Yeah, but I haven't played through them fascinating i have not even heard of this until now but now this is something i really want to check out just because the game development world is so mm-hmm. interesting i think and that's what this is well and it's a it's a nice coupling to indie game the movie um, oh yeah which but it shows you how like a studio actually would would handle it and it goes through some things that like are kind of unexpected in the studio world like they closed down a different studio and all of a sudden they had you know, like a whole bunch of extra people that they were expected to find jobs for on their team. Um, mm-hmm. Which kind of adds a whole new crazy dynamic of like... That's wild. If you have the people to work on it, but you don't have that work yet because you're still too early in the game development. And like if ev- if you have too many people working on it, like it doesn't feel cohesive and things kind of get lost in the, in the mix for it. Um, it's really good though. Huh, I'm definitely going to check this out. And you said it's free on PlayStation? Uh, you can watch it on PlayStation. You can also just watch it on YouTube. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to watch it. It's worth playing the game really cool. first, though. Well, that sounds like 50 hours have of it. time. I uh, maybe more. <laughs> <laughs> it's so you good, have it? What do you have it for? PS4. You have it play- nice, okay. It's, it's a PS4 exclusive. That's right. I'm, I, know, I know things. I'm, I'm a gamer. 
I game hard, obviously. You know, in our Can't first episode, tell? we said we were going to talk about, like, video games and books and internet trends? Well, uh, have you read any books? <laughs> like, ever? <laughs> no, there's... I've talked about a few... I talked about, uh... You uh, just talked about the Game of Thrones books. I did, but I also talked about comics sometimes. Mm-hmm. I talk about Fable. Yeah, Fable's good. Uh, Snot Girl's really good. Why the Last Man? Um, Powers. Uh, saga is you know, really good. You know, I'm actually Saga's super good. Um, I love Saga, yeah. but I'm also just reading uh, Batman: The White Knight right now. Yeah, it's really good. Nice, really. What? Really okay, good. but what about internet trends? We got to do that one. What kind of internet? Did you hear about the spelling bee? Oh yeah. Well, that's a news. Um, <laughs> we didn't say we were going to talk about spelling bee news in our first episode, David. So shut the fuck up about it right now. Uh, what's uh, what? We don't have time for internet trends. In okay, this what's your next first impression then? The next one is a movie that I have been wanting to see for close to a year now, mm-hmm. and I it, its release has just kind of been this like weird thing with a twenty four where it's like not getting released or it's getting pushed back or what yep. the fuck's going yep. on with it, and that is David Robert Mitchell's Under the Silver Lake, starring Andrew Garfield. Wow. Obviously, this is, I think, I believe it's his second film uh, after, or it's his second film ever following It Follows, which It Follows is a interesting little horror movie that very, I Very, really very like. well regarded. Yeah, I mean, some people really fucking hate it, um, that I know personally. I don't know why. Because I, I think it's a interesting horror movie with a interesting, uh, you know, gimmick, mm-hmm. monster, whatever you want to call it. Under the Silver Lake is... First of all, extremely long. Yeah? Like, it's got to be a little bit under three hours. It's like two and a half, I think. Oof. And it it's so fucking weird. It's like hyper-sexualized. Hmm. Hyper-sexualized. Um, it's, it's almost a neo-noir mystery that they're trying to, like, uncover with... This, like, really weird, like, L.A. vibe. And, like, there's a dog killer. And there's a an owl lady her, who murders people at night. And I I don't... Are I you sure you no, didn't just watch Twin Peaks? It sounds like you watched Twin Peaks. Nope, that's what this... Nope, Under the Silver Lake. This movie is so strange. Is it worth watching just... To experience it, or would you say okay, it's, so there, it's when you should like, skip? There is like sixty percent of this movie that I really like. They, like there are things they that they set up and that get, gets paid off later on that I'm like, oh fuck, I really like that. But then there's so much just like fuck this bullshit that you have to slog through that makes it painful to get to the end. And then when you get to the end, honestly, I was like, that's the fucking end. Which, like, I get that this type of movie has that ending that you're, you know, not supposed to really, like, enjoy or be a fan of. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, I wanted something more for what I just went through. But, like, there are some really cool things in here. You know, it has to do a lot with, like, like conspiracy theories and, like, 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 worldwide media and all that stuff. And it's, it's... It's something. I don't, this movie is just 
it's something. It's a fucking trip. <laughs> and it's really weird, and it's... Well, it's weirder than I make it sound. That's how weird it is. There's, yeah, it there's sounds a band, fucking weird. There's fucking cookie cards. <laughs> there's secret cubby holes. There's maps. There's cereal boxes. There's dead squirrels. <laughs> there's shit. Just dog shit. Several times. Well. Uh, <laughs> I Dude, this movie's so weird. I just want somebody to watch this. And then, like, I was like... What did I just watch? So I started looking stuff up on it. And I was like, okay, that's enough of this. <laughs> um, so, David, I, I watched a movie that you also recently watched that you talked about oh. on, on another First Impressions. Um, oh? This is uh, High Life. Ooh. Claire Denis film. Um, now, here's the thing. I don't want to talk about it too much because I want no. people to go in as blind as possible into it. Yes. Um, not because there's really like, I mean, yes, there are things to spoil, but it's one that it really, it is an atmospheric moody movie that like just here, the more I talk about it, the more it probably doesn't sound that good. <laughs> yeah. Does no, that make I totally sense? That. It's, it's one of those movies. It's almost like a Jim Jarmusch film mm-hmm. where there's not really a plot, but there's slowly. Well, and there's definitely, there are things that happen in it. Yes. But it's it's an experience. Like you're with mm-hmm. the characters. You're you're there experiencing it as they experience it. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 like a. What's the best way to describe it? So the the core theme that I felt during the movie, like one of the biggest things, was the haunting brutality of intimacy. Um. Did you like that description? I, I thought I about that a long time. <laughs> Um, and kind of what isolation, even even isolation as a group, can do to people. Um, and the the of course the the way they set this up is by having them be in a ship in space heading towards a black hole. Um, it's really good. <laughs> Yeah, it's this not for everyone. Right it is now, right? not. It is absolutely super high for me. Yeah. Um, it is not for everyone. This is one that it took me a couple. Like I had to leave the film a couple of times and like process things and then come back to it because it is a it is a very heavy movie that deals with a lot of not fun topics. Um, no, to do with isolation and brutal intimacy, um, which I think is the nicest way of putting that. Um, yep. It is it is harsh, but heartfelt. Uh, difficult, but beautiful. It's really good. <laughs> it really is. Um, and the cinematography, fantastic. And, and yes. like all the performances as well. It is like it's a tour de force by Robert Pattinson. And even though like, and he's not doing a lot there, but he has like, there's this kind of like deeply personal effect to him that like there you can tell there's so much going on underneath the surface that he doesn't have to like portray outward but you're also 100% right where this is a movie I would not recommend to the majority of people that I know I know some people that this would honestly might be like one of their favorite movies of all time yeah and I know some people that wouldn't want to talk to me after after I made them watch it yeah 
there's a lot of people who just wouldn't even sit through it to watch. So it. if I would say if it sounds like that's something like if that sounds interesting to you, a movie that would be heavy and intense, then you should watch it. If you're like, I kind of want to know exactly more what it's about before I jump into that, it's not for you. Another one that I watched that I was, you know, at the beginning of the year, pretty excited for. And, you know, after watching it, it was, uh, you know, wasn't that great. And that is Brightburn. <laughs> I could have told uh, you that. The, I yeah. was not excited for this one. I, I thought it was I, an interesting concept. When I watched the trailer the first time, I was like, ooh, that actually looks kind of interesting. When I watched the trailer the second time, I was like, there's no way they can keep it this interesting throughout the whole movie. You know... Because it's already not interesting on the second time watching the trailer. So so it's written by the, the Gunn brothers. Mm-hmm. James Gunn and whatever his brother's name is. Sean? Uh, no. Is it Sean? Is there another Gunn? Yeah, Brian Gunn. Oh. Hmm. Well... Um, and it's basically, I mean, it, it is Superman's story told if he was... Like, evil. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which um, is kind of a cool concept, but... It's a super cool concept. It would be uh, a cool, also, like, graphic novel. Maybe not a cool movie. Well, I mean, we have Red Sun. That's true. Which, you know, but that's... A little different because this is about the adolescent time where he's like a teenager going through this. Mm-hmm. And the the one thing I have to credit this movie for is in the age of superhero movies that this one went for an R rating with a lead as a uh, with the child lead, which is unheard of. I feel like like when does this happen? We never get R rated movies with a child lead. Good boys. And then what? Good boys. Oh, that's true. But but that that's a comedy. Eighth grade. Eighth grade was R. Yeah. Superhero movie though. Main point. Uh, <laughs> Hancock. I mean, Will Smith can... is a baby. That that's PG. Maybe PG thirteen. Oh fuck you! Is it? Oh, it's not. No way, it's R. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's R. No way is Hancock R. No way. No fucking way. What is, is Hancock, Hancock rated? PG thirteen. Eat my ass. Rated PG thirteen. All right, you're right. Um, fucking put in a heart on the fucking moon. No way, that's R. Brightburn has some, like, brutal kills from a child. Like, there is some stuff in this movie that is... This movie is labeling itself as a horror movie, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting. Because, I don't know, I don't know if it is. But, like, there is some stuff in here that's, like, straight out of a horror movie. Like, specifically with some eye stuff. A lot of people don't like the eyes getting fucked with in movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. sensitive area. Um, but, like, there is an eye thing that happens here, and then what changes into a, like, a, a camera trick where they shade one side of the screen to give you her perspective. Oh, weird. That's, like, really cool. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I don't really know if it works that well, but I was like, hmm, you know. I'm glad huh. you tried something. Yeah. Um, my, my main issue with this is, like, you're right. Like, I'm not really that invested into the characters i don't really care about anyone ever it would be better for like one of our fix and pitches than yeah but like <laughs> also actual full this movie. movie so this movie ends with camera or with like news footage of like what follows the end of this movie mm-hmm. and that is the stuff that interested me the most 
And I'm like, that's probably not a good thing. Because I don't think they're going for a sequel here. So that's that's a similar complaint that both you and I had about Fanforstic. Where, like, the stuff that was on the side as news footage was more interesting than the actual movie. Yeah. Would you put it anywhere near that bad? No, 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 no. Okay. Not even close. Like, there was still... Like, I would... Like, I would say if the concept of this movie sounds interesting to you, go watch it. I think you'll get exactly what you want out of it. But not anything more. Not anything more. Not even, like, 1% more. Damn. Than what you think it's going to be. Um, yeah, I... Kind of disappointed. Um, there is some... Some weird... Just because of the age of some of these characters, there's some very weird stuff that, like, I'm not used to seeing, bet- like, relationship-wise, between, like, childs, like, children on screen, which is... That does not sound okay. fun. Uh, no, I mean, it's very, very strange. And it's, like, it's almost playing on that cliche of, like, in the movies where, like, the boy, like, sneaks, like, climbs the tree and, like, knocks on the girl's window, you know? Mm-hmm. You know the cliche? Like, Scream has it. Even. Yeah. Um, and that just has a really weird twist in this movie. Uh, what's your next one? So I mentioned briefly Eighth Grade, uh, another yep. coming of age movie that's a little more Ooh. comedy. Uh, is Booksmart? Uh, Booksmart is Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. Um, it is from start to finish fantastic. Um, not yep. as good as Eighth Grade, mind you. No, nope. but the fact that I'm even listing them in the same sentence is a damn good sign. Um, yes. The soundtrack is fantastic. All the characters are super interesting and, like, continue to be interesting throughout the movie. And each character is its own different type of person. There's not one character that's the same as another. And they're all kind of fully fleshed out characters. Even ones that are just kind of, like, side characters, they have a lot of depth to them without ever being, like, way too much detail to distract you from the, the core of the film. Um, The strongest part, absolutely, is the relationship between our two leads. Um, It is interesting and engaging and... I was going to say enchanting, but I don't know if that's right. (laughs) No, but there are, like, revelations with these characters that when they hit, you're just like, oh my god, like, what? And, like, the way that they're, like, just even their, like, micro-acting on their faces and stuff is just, like, so on point. That it feels so natural and so real. One thing I love about this movie, because I also just saw this, mm-hmm. is is something I maybe I just haven't noticed in other comedies or movies of this type. Because I don't even like to say that this is like a one hundred percent comedy. Because at the end, it it's starts it's to way feel... more comedy than something like Eighth Grade is. Oh, totally. But it's not just like ju- it's it's more drama though than Super Bad is. Absolutely, know? it's like a, it's like a good middle ground between those two. Yeah, but but so it's also this movie, very different. With this, yeah, but what this movie does that I really like is it, with its jokes, you see the jokes, like, play out in, like, the depth of the field, like, out of frame, mm-hmm. or not out of frame, but out of focus. Yeah. And it's just so interesting to see that, like, aspect and dynamic with, like, the joke, like, you seeing part of it take place up front, and then you're seeing also, like, it, like, come to fruition in the back. I really like. And then also you just see, like, oh, there's one scene close to the end. That is just, like, the scene, I think, of the movie. Mm-hmm. And and the, the stuff that's... Yeah. 
and the character work especially in this there are certain characters you meet early on that are like just seen as jokes and are that work as just jokes that they then give like actual depth because they're all humans like it's it's really really well written and like insanely well structured shot like gorgeously yeah um and uh, it's it was really really good and i was not expecting it to be as good as it was this really swept me off my feet and took me away on a magic ride now the the thing that kills me though is like there are some things that are a little that i do have issues with with this movie yes and i i definitely know what you're talking about for it there are a couple like there are like one or two characters that don't work um and are just kind of annoying whenever they're there and they stay a little bit too long um and there are certain scenes that are like this is not the best but overall it's fantastic yes 100% um, let's let's they're keep also... it let's keep it going david yeah, sorry. if you want to jump into your next uh, one the next one that i watch is john wick chapter 3 parabellum wow. now you my sad friend have not watched any of the john wick films nope. so you're missing out on one of the best action uh, uh, franchises in the U.S. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll give it that caveat. There was a lot of uh, <laughs> asterisks on that one, huh? Um, but it's so good. And this one, if you like John Wick 1, if you like John Wick 2, this one keeps it going. And it, it, I think it actually slightly tweaks the franchise a little bit more. And I think it, for the better, I think this is the strongest one yet. Um, possibly the first one. Possibly the first one is a standalone. Um, you know. But this one introduces new characters who are super interesting. Halle Berry is back on screen. Who knew that would be a good thing? Maybe it's not. It might not what? be. I actually, there's there are aspects of her character in this movie that I don't like. Like, her final scene is almost laughably bad. Um, there is some stuff in the desert... The desert stuff is my least favorite part about this movie. But the action in this, like, if you think, like, you know, it's an action scene. I've seen it before. You know, if you, like, read a script and it just goes, action scene. This does not. This reinvents so much. Like, there is stuff with knives in here I've never seen. There are horse scenes in here that are fucking out of this world. And real horses. Not CGI horses. These are real horses. On set. That shit was crazy. There's also dog play. That sounded weird. That There's was dog awful. stuff in here. That was awful. Give dog it a play. Different word, please. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it because it sounded <laughs> so weird. <laughs> but there's some dog stuff in here that's just like, holy shit! It's so cool. And like, mo- like, obviously the John Wick franchise is known for like really good action. But like, the the amount of time that like a normal action movie would cut off of a scene, this one just stays with it and like. Some involved dogs, and I'm like, is that, like, a real extra? Like, ju- like what's going on right now? It's crazy. Um, it also... It set up a fourth one. Not a spoiler. That's not a spoiler. It set up a fourth one, which I th- is, like, what I thought the third one was gonna be. Hmm. So, that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. It also... What, it, what, I, what I also really liked is, like... The main issue with, like, all these types of movies is, like, the, 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 the hordes of people that we're killing are just, like, headshot, 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 headshot. And this one finally, like, acknowledges that and changes that issue. 
I can't believe you don't watch these. These are so fun. I, they're on my backlog. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, what's your next and final one? Uh, yes. Final... My final first impression is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Ooh. Which I can say is the best video game movie. Hands down. Um, which means you should I put it intro this at least on par a... with Warcraft. Oh, you like Warcraft? I did more like Warcraft. Most, though. That's very. I fun. liked Detective Pikachu so much. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. The... Ryan Reynolds is the fucking cutest Pikachu in the entire fucking so world. Um... He slayed that role. Also, can we talk about Psyduck? <laughs> Fucking Psyduck killed it! Psyduck and Pikachu in car seats in the back of a car is the best thing to ever happen to cinema in 2019. Um, This one, even even if you're not a fan of the Pokemon franchise and didn't grow up with it, it's still super cute and it's a fantastic world in it. The thing that sells this movie is the world. And the, the detail oh, they give God. in the background to all the different Pokemon and, like, the different characters and how they interact in this world. The main plot is a little shaky. Um, main, sure, sure. Because it's, it's a, a detective Pokemon. movie for kids. It's a detective movie with fucking Mewtwo. Of course it's a little shaky. Uh-huh. It's a little fucking weird at the end, too. But, like, it's very the weird world, at the end. As a, as, a, as a kid... This is literally what I, t- like, used to talk to my brother about, being like, what if, like, Pokemon were real as we were up at our cabin, like, in the woods? Like, think how fucking cool this would be if there's a rat uh, running through and there are some Pidgeys up in the fucking trees? It'd be so cool. And that is what this gives you. And what most movies like this would do is, like, would zoom in on, like, one thing and be like, oh, look, we did this. We put this here for you. What this is doing is, like, giving you a wide, like, look at the city. Look how much there's fucking in this place. Yeah. Like, you can, you can pause this and... Poke around forever, Pokemon forever. Poke you can Pokemon forever. Uh, no, it was it was fantastic though, and it's a wonderful way of taking that franchise and putting it to film without it being too distracting or damaging to the original franchise. Uh, I think yeah. I think this was in, a super smart way to approach it. Um, it. There are definitely some challenges that come with that um, that I think they <sighs> I ran think into, that... but overall. Super enjoyable, especially if you like Pokemon. It, it was it was well worth a watch. Yeah, this is also probably gonna be like definition of a movie that's gonna fall down in my rankings as the year goes on, mm-hmm. because I just had so much fun with it in theater. It, like so much fun. Pikachu, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but his voice coming out of a little squishy yellow mouse is the best thing ever. Now, David, it's, it's that time for the backlog. No, it's not. You always fucking jump the gun. I still have one more. You I thought you started it with the... Uh... No, you started it. Did I? Oh, I started yeah. with Godzilla. That's right. Yeah. My I, final I one... I forgot I talked about Godzilla. <laughs> My final one is a documentary that I'm absolutely in love with. Oh. You gonna marry it? You gonna propose? I... No, but I, I wanna go and, like, change my life and, like... I watched The Biggest Little Farm. Um, which is a movie that follows John and Molly, who, you know, start up a natural farm. Mm-hmm. So basically they, they grow everything and they use no, preser- or not, not preservatives, but they use no, like, chemicals or, you know, pesticides on the plants. And they basically have the farm interact with nature. 
it's really cool. It's very interesting. They, you know, they start off this, the movie or this documentary with basically just a dry patch of shitty earth. And at, at the end of it, like they, it follows them, I think for five years mm-hmm. as they work on this farm. And it really transforms into something just absolutely beautiful in the way that they, you know, some issues arise or, you know, arrive, they, they find the solution for it without, you know, changing what they set out to create. And, you know, you fall in love with like the fucking, the pig, because they also have animals on the farms. They got pigs, they got goats, they got sheep, they got ducks, they have chickens, dogs, an ox. And you just, you fall in love with these animals who don't even, like, they're just doing what they do. They're just fucking rolling around in the mud. You got the fucking chicken that's just chilling with the pig. And I'm just like, fuck. And I'm like, I want to go get, like, a job on this farm. I want to be a chicken. Uh, Side note, this farm's actually hiring right now. So, like, (laughs) David might be moving. (laughs) David might be moving. Um, (laughs) But I fucking love this so much. It's just so good. Also... The, uh, John, the husband, he used to shoot, uh, footage for, I want to say, like, National Geographic, but he did, like, that animal, uh, Mm -hmm. like, cinematography. So, some of the shots in this are just, like, so... They're they're done by, like, somebody who knows what they're doing. Yes. Yes. It's it's like you're watching Planet Earth. But it's on a farm. tied into this farm documentary that's just like that's so super interesting. amazing that, sound, yeah. that sounds like a blast that sounds like a really just like a relaxing and engaging watch it is and then but like it, it's also really i just love the problem solving that they that they have in this too like there's an issue where like the slugs are like there's a fuck ton of slugs like thousands of slugs and all the slugs are eating the leaves Common of problem. The le- uh, of the lemon trees. Fuck. So, so the lemon Fucking trees hell. can't produce These any lemons. These goddamn slugs. And it's, like, and it's like, what do we do? So, like, we can pull the slugs off, but they just come straight back to the lemon trees. So how do we deal with the with the slugs? And it's just things like that. Dealing with gophers, because the gophers are eating the roots of all the trees and <laughs> killing all the trees. How do we deal with it? Farm issues, man. <laughs> Farm issues. I haven't heard you get this excited about a movie in a while, David. I really liked it, dude. I've been hyped as fuck for The Biggest Little Farm forever. Alamo was supposed to get, like, five showings. They cut it down to one. And I was like, no one else is going to get this. And then Southdale came through, and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going. (laughs) It was me and a bunch of old ladies. Hell yeah, dream team. Alrighty, so we're going to talk about the backlog. This is a list of uh, movies that were on our radar that we hadn't gotten around to. Sometimes they're shows. Sometimes they're coloring books, uh, mobile idol apps, you know, just stuff. You're we never missed. talking about apps. Don't lie to people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really, I downloaded a fucking uh, Angry Birds. Uh, I and... fucking love Angry Birds. Don't you dare. God, of course. I've been getting back into Minecraft, low key. Holy shit. Not on, not on an app, but like on the actual computer. So good. So good. Cool. All but right, David... well, I'm take it over. <laughs> um, so the first backlog on my list is one from last year that I really wanted to see. I I knew I wanted to see this one like as soon as I heard the the initial buzz really around it cuz it just sounded so good. And that's burning. Um <laughs> this movie is it's a slow burn. You know, things Neen. unfold what? 
<laughs> it's a slow burn though, and it, it unfolds the story slowly, and it shows you pieces, and you you don't really. It's like having like fifty pieces to fifty different puzzles. You're like, what do I do with all this? And then you like fold it upside down, and you're like, oh, that actually all goes together. And it's just so. Oh damn, it's... that's a puzzle. I know. Fuck up. I hate you. <laughs> but it's so masterful, dude. This movie is. This, I can already tell this is going to be the movie that I revisit, like, at least four times a year going forward. Jesus. I, as soon as I finished it, I was like, I want to start it over again. This this movie reminds me so much of, like, even though it's totally different, of, like, Zodiac, of where I just want to be in there. I want to be noticing things, see if I can, like, solve it myself. Uh, Steven Yoon is, is just, like, next level. This has got to be the best performance I've seen. So fucking hot. He's so hot. I but, y'all, y'all. He's so hot. He's basically playing like Gatsby. Uh huh. I, I I don't know if they he, actually call him that. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if you've seen that yet, but like that's his character is very Gatsby esque. Um, and the ending of this movie, the fucking ending of this movie, like the last fifteen twenty minutes is just oh, like. If I would have seen this in theaters, I would have been on the edge of my seat. I would have been, like, on the fucking ground, like, leaning over the seat in front of me. It's just, <laughs> it's so good. This is easily, if I would have seen this last year, easily top five. Damn. Um, now, David, I started watching this movie, and I haven't finished it. Right now, I'm about halfway through it. Um, but then we had to record, so I had to stop it. Um. I originally started watching this movie when I was at my friend's house. So I was like, let's watch something that neither of us have seen. Um, let's just go through Netflix. Oh, Burning's on there. So I watched about 50 minutes, and then we paused it because one of us had to go to the bathroom. And we were like, fuck me. That was only 50 minutes. We just weren't in the right headspace for it at the time. Yeah, totally. Um, so we decided to watch a different Korean film that was on Netflix. And that is Train to Busan, which is a zombie thriller. Um, on a train. Hmm. If they're on a train. That, that they are. Um, is it like Snowpiercer? It is not like Snowpiercer. <laughs> but sometimes it's kind of like Snowpiercer. Um, and the fact that they're on a train and people like eating other people. <laughs> um, it is... There are two ways you can watch this. And I think both, both are, are good ways to watch it. You can watch it, one... As a comedy adventure. Interesting. Um, because it's, you know, there's there's some funny parts to it, and it's super engaging. It's it's a really fun movie. The other way you can watch it is that you can take it more seriously and see it as a family drama during, like, the apocalypse. Hmm. And they both work very well. I didn't watch it as much as a family drama, but I definitely got those, those moments. Um... There is, it's, there's some things in it that are buck wild and really fun. Um, <laughs> like, they use a lot of the same effects. So there are two effects that are used quite a bit in the movie, and that is a smoke, in, a smoke effect and glass Weird. breaking effect. And they never look that good. <laughs> so they're funny a lot when they happen. But it's So would you enough. say this is like almost like B-grade? No, it's still, like, it's it's in a weird spot, because it's, like, the characters are a lot... Of, it's a movie that knows Did you what like it is. It? I liked it. 
it was a lot of fun. There are definitely some cheesy elements, but I think it actually worked for this movie. Um, if you think about something like Pacific Rim was goofy, right? But it was fun because it knew what it was doing. It's not as good yeah. as Pacific Rim. I just got to get that out of the way. But it, it's more attuned to that, you know? Like, it knows what it's what it wants to be, and it knows some of the things it can't be. You know, that totally reminds me. This is completely off topic, but I was going to ask you if, if Godzilla is similar to Pacific Rim. Uh, not as good. Okay. Sorry, you said Pacific Rim, and I... I I think I probably end up liking um, Train to Busan. I'm trying to think of whether I liked Godzilla more than Train to Busan or not. Because Train to Busan got some, like, it got really good reviews. It got got a range of things. I I definitely enjoyed Train to Busan more. Huh, okay. Um, But that's also because, like, I didn't have super high expectations going in. And I want Godzilla to be a lot more, because yeah, like we all did. with with the like the budget it gets and the like the iconography it should be more, but that's yeah. that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, it was a yeah. blast though. It was fun. <clears throat> it's well worth if you have a couple of buddies over. Um, couple of buds, you having a girls' night, <laughs> and you just want a, like a fun movie to watch, but one that like. If you want to get a little bit more serious, you can also have that option, but it's not needed to still enjoy the movie. This is, a, like, a perfect pick. This is a great, like, get some people together and, and watch. Totally. Um, I feel like yeah. it's better to watch with people than alone. Well, but that's just always? Me. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, so- I don't want to have to watch High Life with another person. You want to watch High Life with me? Rude. No. Rude. Because I would uh, just look over at you and be like, the orgasminator, huh? You know what, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what a great fucking god. It's just so good. Uh, so, the last backlog that I watched was one that's been on here for a few years. Uh, it's the doc, De Palma. So, about this Brian. is basically all about Brian De Palma, uh, who's. I just call him Brian. Oh, do you? First name <laughs> We're basis. pretty close, actually. Who's, He's a really talented director. Oh, I know. Uh, he's not... He doesn't have, like, the best track record. Like, wow. he has a lot of... Okay. I mean, he has a lot of bad movies. He's my friend you're talking about. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. The, the way that this doc works, though, is it's like you're basically just, like, at a diner with Brian De Palma as he talks about his filmography. Because it's just him. When like, when, like, most docs are, like, multiple talking heads, this is just him in a chair talking. Interesting. And then it cuts to, like, you, you basically just start at the top of his IMDb and you go to present day. Is it it's, still, like, engaging even though it's just him talking about it? Totally. Yes. Very engaging. Fuck, very I'd insightful. I love to just chat also, with my boy Brian also, at a diner. Brian De Palma came up in a time where, like, it was him, it was Coppola, it was Scorsese, it was, you know... Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah, all those guys. And it's such a, such a fucking, like... Wild amazing time, time for yeah. Hollywood, yeah. Because all these young directors coming in here, changing the game. Did you see and this? You saw the Spielberg documentary, right? Spielberg? Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. I like this one a lot. Like, he talks about 
you know, issues with the uh, with the studios as he was trying to release some of the movies, so, some of the issues that he dealt with with like the rating systems when he you know gave them the cut of Scarface to get rated and he, you know cut it down five times and they were still giving him an X rating. So he said, "Fuck it, I'm just releasing the first cut, the most violent cut, if I'm going to be getting the X rating." And it was just it's it's interesting and I I feel like he he truthfully reflects on some of his like not as good films in his filmography which is that's not something good. we really hear often no i mean most people just try to sugarcoat stuff or i would love know, to hear spike lee talk about old boy <laughs> i mean that's the thing that was like most <laughs> docs will just say okay we'll skip over the bad stuff we'll yeah. just talk about scarface and carrie in the untouchables and blowout that's it nothing else but this like this really this talks about i think one of his short films and Damn, like, that sounds just so really cool. cool. Yeah, and he's just a fun dude to sit with. Fun. I liked it. Um, so uh, I I also watched something that has a lot of film history ingrained into it. Maybe not as on the surface, but definitely there. That was a cool. stretch. <laughs> but um, there I recently me and my me and my roommate actually finally sat down and watched. All of season one, pretty much within two days, of the TV show Barry. Oh, shit. Um, How was this? So fucking good, and I cannot wait to start season two. It is phenomenal. You would love it. Um, So, okay. Bill Hader. um, So, basically, the premise of the show is there's a hitman that is, like, just kind of, like, he's a nice guy. He was in the military. Just, like, this is the only thing he's good at. So, that's all he does. Mm -hmm. Um. But like he doesn't want to deal with the money side of it. Like he lets he lets Fuchs takes care of everything. He's just there to do the kill. And he is following in, in this first episode. He's following one of his one of the people he's supposed to kill. Um, and like he actually walks into an acting class that the the, the person is in. And the person's like, "Hey, come on, we're gonna do the. You're gonna be my scene partner because my other person didn't show up." So he brings. Uh, Bill Hader's character Barry, the titular Barry, on the stage, and like he just really quietly reads his lines very stiffly, but then at the end of it, people applause clearly for the other guy, and then Barry just kind of like turns and looks at them, and you see like this whole new life form in his eyes, and like he's like, oh my god, this is what I got to do. <laughs> it is so funny. And, like, really, really well done. Um, One thing about this show is it sets up, like, these issues and ongoing problems that a lot of other shows won't resolve for, like, a season or more. And this show just, like, deals with issues right away. Deals with the outfall of the consequences. So it's not like the, oh, we got to be worried about this. It's like, no, I'm worried about what's going to happen to me as a person. Um. That's there's, really cool. There's so much film jokes that you would love. Um, like, there's one point where he, he does a scene. Then, like, his, his teacher gives him this scene to do. He, he gives him, he's like, I want to give you range. I want to give you a challenge. Do this script. Okay? So we see him go up there. And Bill Hader, his delivery is perfect. He's like, can you actually put the coffee down? Coffee is for closers. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? like well i just i feel like if i want to help these guys like you know sell more like i want to be encouraging to them <laughs> it's like that's not the point of it but it's got so many things like that or like 
there'll be like news coverage kind of on in the background. They're talking about something that happened in the show, and he's like, "It's a lot like the Kurosawa film Yojimbo." I'm like, "Okay, how do you how do you spell that?" I think it's exactly how how you spell. And like he, as it kind of like fades into the distance, you're like, "Now is that the only film that Kurosawa made?" <laughs> Actually, no. He, <laughs> but like it's a police chief so, like answering these questions about Kurosawa. It's really really smart. Question. Yes. How would you clarify? Like, would you say this is a, like a hundred percent comedy? No, it is. There's definitely some incredibly sharp comedy, but there are some scenes that like are incredibly intense and emotional. Um, okay. But it's it's definitely a comedy first, but it does the other things like the action and the 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 drama and like dealing with emotions so well. It is phenomenal. Okay. It's won multiple Emmys both for like it's the production side of, of it, it's, it's acting, it's it's so good. I've been like 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 hesitantly almost almost about to pull the trigger every time to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't. Excellent. I'm like, excellent use of words. Pull the trigger. That was good. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you. Um, but also, one that's top of the list I'm probably going to watch first and then Barry is Chernobyl, which, did you hear the great news about Chernobyl? Is It is now the highest rated TV show on IMDb. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah Steve okay. has been recommending that. So we'll probably talk about that on our next yes. episode. Um, yes. We, our next episode, I will have been to another country. That's rad. I have never left this country. Uh, this is my first time. I'm going to Japan. Ooh. You're about to pop your chair. I'm going to be on a plane for a long time, a, a lot, so I'm going to be watching a whole bunch of in-flight entertainment. We're going to take a, a brief little break in recording. It'll this be, like, instantaneous for you. For you guys. For yes. us, it'll be fucking eternity. Um, David. If Ethan falls in the shower and doesn't get up. You know what we're going to uh, do? I'm okay. going to go barbecue real quick. What, I'm, what we're going to do for what you're about to hear, you are going to hear... An ad break we made for the longest episode we ever recorded that we just oh, threw in the shit. garbage because it was like a nightmare to listen to. But we made ads for it because it was so long. So you're going to get to hear some of those ads. And they're not the best quality because it was recorded a while ago. But they're they're fun. I hope you enjoy them. Maybe we could start doing ads for a printer cast. Get the fuck out of my podcast. I'll see you guys in a bit. <laughs> Hi, my name's Brambleby. I own Brambleby's Bargain Cars, and uh, we sell some real good deals (laughs) on cars. We even sold this one. Uh, It was Bumblebee, the Transformer. car dealership the Bumblebee was from we got some real good deals so come on down my name is Brambleby Do the fuck do the ad while you're eating your pretzels and hummus. No, that that is that is the ad. The oh, you're gonna eat some. Pre- okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <come on. 
Listen to the delicious crunch of pretzel chips and hummus. Hi there, I'm Randy Cowboy Boy, and I support pretzel chips and hummus. The only way to fuck. And my name's Johnny Guitar. Is that it? That's the whole character? Yep. Okay. <laughs> pretzel crisps and hummus. Good for fucking. You came in, you came it, into you just the ad studio. your hands as if they were wet after picking up the eraser. Now hold on, hold on. You came into the marketing studio where we're developing real ads for real products. In real time. In real time. <laughs> and you came in here with a garbage product. And a garbage pitch. And now we've ruined now we can't use this take. But we definitely still will. Because we can't afford not to. <laughs> not to. <laughs> Boy, howdy, do I got a product for you. Do you not know how to play guitar, but can play guitar better than whatever the fuck is going on in the background here? Well, listen. Let's say you're going to a party, and you, you ever been, you ever been to a party where you, where you, there's <laughs> a guitar there and you don't know how to play it, but still want to impress all of the people at the party. <laughs> it's so loud. It's so loud. I can't do the bit over this bad guitar. This bad, loud guitar. So you're at this party. You're at this party, and you think, well, I can play guitar a little bit. No one or two chords. And you think, well, I just have to have someone go up first who's way worse. It's, it's, rent a shitty guitar player, $9.99, they'll show up unannounced to a house party, break in the back door with a guitar that they've never seen before. And they'll just fucking... New guy every time. New so guy he can't every time. Learn. He can't learn. There's no progress ever made. <laughs> He'll make you look super good at playing guitar because he's that bad. He's that bad. This is the product we sell. Mm. Listen to that bad guitar. Hi, I'm Bad Guitar Brian. I, I also play the guitar as bongos. No, but that actually sounds pretty good. You play it like August Rush, just hit the guitar on top of the strings. No, don't slam the guitar. Ah, oh, shit. God, it's awful. TM. TM. Trademarked. <laughs> Copyright. Oh. Don't you dare seal it. Don't you dare. <laughs> um, commercial.
break, more like dinner break. Am I right? And you got to kick it off from there. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> um, um, we we so had some food. We had a little bit of a breather before we talk about... what David, what are we talking about? We are going to do a special little two-year bash. We're mm-hmm. talking talking about some of our, uh, you know, favorite favorite films. You know, should we should we do you want to talk about a little bit of the podcast side first? Do you want to talk about some of our favorite moments and then we can go into the movies? Yeah, I, I have one moment that oh, I got always a go. I got one moment that is just my favorite. It's the gift that keeps giving, <laughs> and it's it's the. It's the biggest fuck up I've ever made in my entire life. <laughs> and that's when I forgot to push record for what was probably about like what 50 minutes mm-hmm. worth of recording. Um and that was just that joke I still love it because it's so terrible to think about of not pushing record. Yeah, that's And it's there are haunting. so many times I still think about it. I look and I'm like is this thing recording? Like, it's you're a nervous Nelly now. It's so I am, but it's you know, so David. Funny. That's not the only time you fucked up. <coughs> no, it is. No, no, um, it is. No, because one of my favorite moments is uh, the moment you realized you watched the a different Ben Ten movie. Than oh, I did. well, maybe you were the one who fucked up there. I think we both did because we so both funny. decided that we were going to watch a Ben Ten movie, and I think that was fuck up number one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that moment that was a really good moment. Um, that was. Do you want to know my favorite pitch you've ever done? Um, can I guess what, what it is? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get... Ooh, actually. Fuck. I was going to say the TMNT one, but maybe it's the documentary one? Um, it is... The documentary one's fun, but it's actually Tripping Hazard, which <sighs> was about a slasher who was just a really nice guy, but then these paranoid teens just like fuck, fuck his whole shit up. I love that one. That oh. was so much fun. <laughs> that one was really good. God, that was back in the day. That, that was, was like two years the, ago. That was <laughs> shit. That was a good one. I like that one a lot. That one was really fun. Um, I really like not knowing what we're gonna do for our intro until literally right before we record. That's always a fun one. That, every every time, every time. <laughs> we never. You know, learn. one day we'll have like a structure. Like we have a <laughs> we have a light structure here. That's you know, true. This, this is like, like a it, casual dress work area where it's like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, we're in shorts. shorts right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, you know what my favorite pitch that you've done is? Hmm. Oh, fuck. This is actually between two. Okay. But I okay. think I think the cute off is just gold. Damn. So it's been downhill since episode one. No. Well, the other one I was going to say is <laughs> I forget if there was a name to it, but it was the uh, the musical, the music one, the singing one. It the ends, one about the band? Yeah. With uh, Donald Glover? Yeah, and Mia Wasikowska. Yeah, and, and I really like that. That one was really I don't good. remember if I had a title for that one. That one that one's a... Fuck, I would, I would love watching that movie. I know, right? Um, one of the other things I really appreciate, David, is every now and then, you just, out of nowhere, just hit me with, like, just talking about a printer, where you'd be like, so I broke my toe the other day, and I'll be like, fucking what? You gotta build up to these things, my dude. No, dude, I just go, I just jump right into it. I dive, I head first, no hands, fucking just like swan dive in. It's been a, it's been a real fun dive. two years. I it really say. has been. I like, I like, you know, we've had, we've, we've had changed. our ups and downs. We've changed things. You know what? Here's the, here's the real question. 
what's the, your favorite episode that hasn't been released? Um, Let's just keep being fucking teases with these non-released <laughs> episodes. Um, I don't know. I really like the ones we released. This year's been like really. I, there's been a lot of great moments in this far. Oh, this year's uh yeah. This year slaps. I loved our Okja episode. That was a fun one. That was what War for the Planet of the Apes and Okja. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was a really good episode. I thought. Yeah, that was a good talk. Um, Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> or you know the Jamboree is also that was too much. <laughs> that was like four hours of first. It impressions. was. It, oof, oof, that was brutal. Was it longer or was it? Uh, it's probably I think we recorded for like five hours God that, that was the sweatiest fucking day ever <laughs> it was so that bad. was just disastrous oh that was crazy I mean anyway gonna, yeah <laughs> we'll we'll do a little bit dive back into memory lane at the end of the episode we got a special <sighs> fix and pitch for you guys but for right now we're gonna talk about our favorite movies of all time um, and we want to do some honorable mentions of what is going to be like in our, our other tops. Um, just because those ones, I, I know they do for me. I'm sure they do for you. Like they change those, oh, they those change ones are really fluid, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like knocking down like a top 10 or a top five is so difficult for me because it re- it really does change with the mood I'm in, you know, it, in just everything. And there's so many good movies like really good movies, like mm-hmm. masterpieces, and th- but there's always that one that's yeah. I think at our the tops, top of the list. yeah, our tops are pretty consistent. Yeah, like for what is number one, that's been definitely for like for a while, and we're pretty I mean, hard my... set into yeah. it. So yeah, let's let's quickly go through some honorable mentions. Um, we wanted to kind of do it as like a top five, so we have four honorable mentions because they're so fluid and kind of move around a lot we didn't want to order those so they're not really in a particular order um because that changes like minute by minute (laughs) yeah so my top four honorable mentions are the departed zodiac all the president's men and jurassic park fucking all great movies holy shit um i have the holy mountain there will be blood spirited away and f for fake fascinating which are all i feel like we got a good set of like super older movies and mine are all weird (laughs) yours are all super weird (laughs) um like your most mainstream movie is there will be blood which maybe spirited away no way i don't know u.s mainstream no way i feel like ghibli's more mainstream than pt anderson oh i don't know about that see i think i think you were just oh I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I bet if you ask more people who, like, weren't, like, real, like... Who weren't real? <laughs> like, ghosts? You want me to ask ghosts? Well, if you asked, you know, Slimer, he wouldn't know. What do you think Slimer's favorite movie is? Oh. Uh, is it the mm, Dumb and Dumber prequel? No, I think he's... Short Circuit 2? I think he would probably Schindler's be, List. like, a Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> Interesting. All right, I could see him really liking that. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, how to eat fried yeah. worms? Uh, mm-hmm. maybe he's a big fan of holes. Aren't we all Shia? Golden day, <laughs> Shia. Boy. Uh, they call him Zero. <laughs> God. So, 
My favorite film. I think we just dive right into this. Mm-hmm. Short Circuit 2. <laughs> no, it's actually Firehouse <laughs> Dog. Hell yeah. Uh, my favorite Don't film. Don't spoil my favorite movie. <laughs> my favorite film is Damien Chazelle's Whiplash. Mm. Sorry, Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons, and, you know, another, uh, you know, cast of midfit, misfit actors and actresses. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Tim Burton presents. <laughs> so this is based D- drum school. <laughs> this is this is like the expanded version of Damien Chazelle's short film called Whiplash, which was basically just like a have single you seen scene that? from. The, I have. I have. Um, oh really? What scene is you it? Check it. It's the uh, uh, the. Uh, is it the tempo my, scene? Yeah. And it's a That's lot fair. better than the movie, but like it's still like for a short film, for how for how young Damien. Chazelle was when he made this. I think he was like 26 when he made the feature. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fucking crazy. He was my age right now, making my favorite film. How does that make you feel? Oh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, Damien Chazelle, though, also is... I mean, he's, he's out of this world. Like, all of his movies he's made have been top-notch. Oh, yeah. And to think about how young he is. But Whiplash is... The story of a drummer who, Named you know, Andrew Neiman, Andrew Neiman, mm-hmm. who gets invited to be a part of Schaefer's, Schaefer's uh, top jazz band. And he, uh, he meets, he meets J.K. Simmons' mm-hmm. character. And they, uh, you know, they have a unique relationship. And it's basically, the movie's basically what it takes to become great, and if that is too much, okay, and if it's right to, push. how far can you push someone before they they need to break? push back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like um, bending a pencil, you know. It's yeah, a neat it's trick that, until it breaks, <laughs> and it's all of that wrapped in a amazing jazz with, with amazing jazz music. You know, Miles Teller is actually playing the drums in this movie. And it's fucking insane to think that this kid can play the drums that well. Yeah, like, it's insane. It's, like, he could be a professional jazz drummer, I think. Yeah, easily. Like, he's insane on the, on the drums. Um, which is really cool, because, like, I played percussion in, in uh, middle school. Wow. And just seeing, I was not good, I was so fucking bad. <laughs> but, like, seeing somebody this good is just amazing. Um... So do we want to do non-spoiler for yours and Let's, then hop into spoiler? Yeah, I think that's good. So um, what what would you say are the biggest strengths of this movie for someone no, I mean, wanting the, to pick it up for Whiplash? The biggest strength is J.K. Simmons, hands down. Mm-hmm. He's so good. But also, Miles Teller, I, this is probably his best performance out there. Uh, yeah, um, of all their, time. The, he's, yeah. He has not come even close to being this good. And their dynamic on screen is... Out of this world, his Miles Teller's character, his relationship with his father, and watching that how it morphs into this like mm-hmm. beast, and just watching his development down this path, like this is this is a story you've seen before, but never in this fashion and never this well told. Yeah, um, it's also got some of the most compact editing I've seen in like Dude, the decades. Editing, oh, the editing is so jazz. Yeah, like, and all the music's it, phenomenal as well. Oh yeah. my god, it's it's really, really, really it. The whole thing 
feels I don't I wouldn't say it feels like a jazz concert. It's way darker. You know? It's very dark, yeah. Um, but it feels really it feels have... like a like a like a kind of seedy jazz bar, you know? Yeah. Like an underground, but not that was a is, stretch of a metaphor. And this is the kind of movie where just like two people talking, no matter how loud, it like it just makes you fucking sweat. Yeah. Like stresses you out. And like there's dinner scenes here that are fucking like you've 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 probably been in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew's character, although his path is different than probably a lot of people's, like I feel like a lot of people would connect to situations he's been in. Well, and that's the thing. It never gets like, I don't know, The it's all mental manipulation that is, it's all performance-based. And not like them giving the performance, but it's like, you are either not going to be good enough to do this, or you're going to be able to do this. You get to pick. Yeah. And that's it. It doesn't go into like, um, some of the like psychological manipulation that a lot of other movies of that nature do. Which mm-hmm. makes it far more realistic, you know? Yeah. Because it nobody thinks that they're the bad guy of the movie. No, I mean, that's one of the amazing things about this movie. Is you can walk away from this movie having two point of views and be correct with either one. Yeah. Oh, like, there is no right or wrong. It's really, really tight. Like This is also is, the only oh. movie I've ever watched full feature and then immediately watched it again with the director's <laughs> commentary. That's awesome. Oh, so good. This is an excellent pick, by the way. Also, if you want to see J.K. Simmons actually slap Miles Teller, you get to see that here. If you want to see Miles Teller actually tackle J.K. Simmons and then break his rib in real life, that's also in here. So. I thought we weren't going to do spoilies. Oh, but that's so out of context spoiler. <laughs> um. So my favorite film, so again, we're going to do like a little bit of non-spoiler stuff, yes. and then we'll go a deeper spoiler talk about both of them. We'll let you know when that's happening. Um, we'll probably even have timestamps um, that you can, you can follow along with if you're listening. Uh, just check your description, and you'll see like where those timestamps are. If you want to skip ahead, we'll do our best not to, like once we reach that point, not to go back mm-hmm. and spoil again. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's just notes for the listeners and maybe me as an editor, too. Whatever. Uh, my favorite <laughs> my favorite film of all time, um, the one that I've seen so many times and in so many different ways as well at different parts in my life. It's phenomenal every single time. And each new time I watch it, I find more things to love about it. Um Mine is Terry Gilliam's film Brazil. Um, it is a dystopian fantasy satire Orwellian nightmare fun time <laughs> adventure. That's fascinating. <laughs> that description was just Was there any part of that was that was wrong? No, that was all correct. On the nose. Uh, <laughs> just hearing it s- said out loud is... Uh, um, the, the, basic, the basic plot is you get to see Jonathan Price, a young Jonathan Price. Um, very young. Yes. Um, a middle-aged Jonathan Price. <laughs> yeah. Um, you see Jonathan Price he, who a plays... Baby. He a, plays a baby in this movie. <laughs> you watch him crawl. 
There are babies in this movie, but they're not fun. There are babies in this movie. Um, anyway, so it's about um, Jonathan Price, who plays Sam Lowry, who is a kind of low-level bureaucrat that, you know, he's he's really good at his job and able to rise up, but he doesn't really care to. He knows that he's just a cog in the machine and doesn't really want to do anything about it. Um, it's kind of a, a darker world. There are terrorist attacks that happen, but everyone is so caught up in their own thing that they... they have no empathy for other people um they they just ignore it you know there's there's parts where they're at dinner and there's like an explosion and they just you know they just put up a barrier just like the ones that you would like change behind if you were in like a 1940s detective film um <laughs> like just the little dividers and then they just go back to eating and like it, it's a beautifully dark satire um it was so you you finished it right? I did. What did you think of the movie as a whole? I thought it was interesting. Uh, the production is is really good. Um, I would I would have been fine. I don't think this is a spoiler. Without the dream sequences, okay. I thought they were just a little too strange. And on rewatches, they get better. I'm sure they do. Because they add a lot more to it, to the story as a whole. But I definitely um, get, they're, they're very strange at first. They are very strange. The camera work here, I really like. This, I, I like, I literally just finished it, what, like, three hours ago? Yeah. Four hours ago? And it's such a strange kind of a beast of a movie to digest. Yeah, it's it's still sticking with you, There's so much right? going on, and there's characters running in and out of, like, of the story, you have and like, like Michael Palin the, and and uh, I mean, Robert De Niro. People, Robert De Niro, who I thought was like going to be like a like a one time character, but yeah. So all these different characters jumping in and out of the story, intersecting in different ways, and mm-hmm. certain certain plot things that don't seem like they're they're not addressed as important in the time, but then later on you see that they actually were important and have consequences. Yeah. Um, it's I just wish it's so good. I, it's it's good. I just wish it was a little tighter. I, which I'm sure it's one of those things. The more the wants it digests a little bit more. It, it, it's possible it might not land like this, but it was one that like it feels after like rewatching it, it goes by so quickly. And like yeah. those certain moments that you want to be long are long, and it's like if it was too because there's so it's a really dense movie there's a lot going on and it's one if for me if it was shorter there it you wouldn't have time to really live in those moments enough and there'd be too mm-hmm. much going on to like latch on to anything but if it was too long then it would be way too drawn out and convoluted for me it's right in that kind of perfect spot for it so yes it's like it's like what two and a half hours so it, yep. it's definitely a little bit longer than a lot of people are used to for it, but I think it it uses all of that time efficiently, but organically. These are both really good movies. They're very different movies. Very different. They are so. Different. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we want to just dive into them? Yeah, we're gonna go into spoilers, y'all, because we both watch these movies, and there's a lot to talk about. Because clearly, they're our favorite movies. So, like, the things that make them good are everything about them. Um, mm-hmm. So we need to talk about everything about them, and there's some spoilers in everything. So uh, fuck off for a bit <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> or want just to watch it. it. Or yeah, you can just, just watch jump it. ahead to our uh, pigeon fix. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see you there.
unless you're not a coward or have good taste and have watched these already. In which case, hey, how's it going? Which which one do you think has been watched by more people? Uh, Brazil, just because it's had more time hmm. to be watched. Interesting. I mean, they they both got Oscar buzz and nomination and like crazy awards buzz for both and wins for both. Did Brazil win? Uh, it won Best Picture from LA Film Critics, which is a pretty big one. Uh, and it hadn't been released at that point when it won. Yeah. So, which whiplash. is also funny. Let's jump into it. So we open up with uh, Andrew. Here's one of the greatest little things that I didn't real like, didn't know until the director's commentary is that Neiman, it, which is how Fletcher pronounces his name, it's mm-hmm. actually Nyman. So like he changes the pronunciation of his last name to. To fit, make him wow, to make him smaller of a person. Damn, to, like it just sounds so, like uh, I don't even like. It doesn't sound like a strong name at all when you say Neiman, you know. Yeah, sounds like but a Nyman fucking, like, definitely is. That's a yeah. strong name. Um, but we open up with Andrew and his dad going to the movies, which I just love this this opening little tidbit of a line where the father pours in the the chocolate covered raisins. You know, and he's like, oh, you know, grab a handful. And Andrew's just like, no, 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 I just, I eat around it. Which is, like, how he's been living his entire life with accepting, accepting the uh, position he's been put in and the way that people treat him. You know? Mm -hmm. And then, like, as he joins this band, he starts to change his personality for, you know, better, for the worse, depending on how you look at it. And then we get that scene where he's at dinner with his family and they're all giving praise to i want to say probably his cousins yeah and it's like other family members yeah and he just he cuts it down and it's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie because they're all just showering praise onto the cousins for you know being the quarterback at a d3 football or a d3 college and then for you know being a road scholar or whatever whatever he is mm-hmm. uh what is it what's what's it called that he was part of it's, it's a, been a while. <laughs> no, I know. Um, on his path to being a Rhodes Scholar, though. You know, and they ask Andrew how he's doing with his band, and they just brush it off like it's nothing, even though it really is something that he, like, it's a great achievement for what he's been doing, but nobody cares, and he wants that recognition from people. He wants people to see that it's something that he's achieved. And, you know, he just, he fights back, and he... He breaks down the other two people for what they've done and how they'll never actually be something in the grand scheme of things. And then it turns into this whole thing, like, would you rather live a long life and, you know, have nobody know you, or would you rather die at a young age and have made a great impact on everyone? Which is, you know... But which one would you want? (laughs) Me? Yeah. Just like a fun hypothetical. I don't, this, this is way too big of a hypothetical. I don't know. Um, but that's that's Andrew's whole journey is basically exactly. that path. We see him. We literally well, and finding out him. like what he wants that answer to be. Yeah, because we we see both paths play out for him. We see the mm-hmm. one where he leaves the band. He you know gets the normal job. He lives the normal life for a twenty year old. You know, in a shitty apartment. Yeah, because he has that moment that gushers. he can like step aside yeah. and like see the damage and like learning that the other student committed suicide and like which is how he feels greatest... after the car crash and like it gets real dark and yeah. like he's able to step away and be like 
Well, I mean, I don't need it's it. not quite his choice, but like... Yeah, it, I mean, he's kicked out of... He man. has time to reflect on it and to actually think about the consequences. But then he runs into Fletcher at a bar where we see J.K. Simmons play a little piano. Yep. And then we get another great dialogue scene where we get the, you know, the two worst words in the English language are good job, which is, again, another, like, great idea brought up yeah. by this character where it's like, if we keep just telling people good job, you know, good enough, is it good enough or is it good job? I think it's good enough. It's good enough. That they'll just, they won't push further to achieve the actual greatness that they are capable of. Mm-hmm. Like when you told me the podcast was, you know, good enough. Good enough. And I was but like, it wasn't. Mm, it wasn't. But and like, if we, you get told we, that we over and over again, and then you start to believe it, and and it's just... And then like Andy that's where we're up. at right now, where we believe that the podcast is good. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to add a bit Andrew, of levity. But Andrew also brings up the point where it's like the podcast is great. No, no. <laughs> can can you push that next Charlie Parker too far? Exactly. And then we get the great line from Fletcher where he's I I don't know I've never had a Charlie Parker, but he doesn't fucking know that he's had Andrew in his class. You know, and then we get this insane climactic, like, or like concert. Mm-hmm. You know, where Andrew isn't given his sheet music for the music, which fucking I just imagine going to a concert without my music. It's, and yeah, it's that just being cruel. an absolute nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we see Andrew, you know, fucking just reach out and grasp grab Fletcher his by the balls. Future. Yeah, basically. Uh, you know, fix my finally fucking... play for himself for the first time. You know, yeah. And there's that great scene where he, you know, walks off stage for a second, and his dad comes around to meet him, and then he he literally looks the the average life in the face at that moment. You know, yeah. He sees what could be mediocrity, and he turns around and goes back on stage. Like, it's just amazing. And then he fucking crushes his solo mm-hmm. Fletcher's like fucking coming in his pants uh-huh. like hardcore and then that's the movie I mean and one of like the really interesting things is like Chazelle talks about like what the future of Andrew's character would look like and it would look like death you know mm-hmm. becoming addicted to drugs and eventually dying so it's like super, super uplifting and happy. Yeah, it's like a really good note to end on. <laughs> but like, I mean, it's, that's why it's also, it's a subjective thing. Like, do you want to push yourself to that point? Do you want somebody to also like forcibly push you? Yeah. That's what Fletcher's character is. You know, it's not like a, you know, okay, if you want to take a break, like we'll take a break. You know, Fletcher is that unstoppable force of mo motivation yeah even it's if like, you do don't you want to get it. do you want to get pushed to be your best but end up being the worst for yourself or just be normal but we and don't even for... know if it's the worst for himself because like what if andrew lives a life of never achieving what but he everything said his... everything that we are shown in the movie of the, that success the specific type of success with these characters doesn't end well that's why you have the other um student that committed suicide that why you have him like in these destructive patterns see, like your teacher see, throwing think, chairs at you and you're crashing that's the, a car that's the and, journey like, though i i think the destination though is totally different and i don't i think that the suicide is actually supposed to make us believe that maybe that other person wasn't actually a charlie parker equivalent 
he was somebody who almost got there. He was so close. Oh, but, but he that's, didn't get there. It's such a, it's he, such a then he dark suicide. line to play of like, oh, no, no, he committed suicide not because he was pushed too far, but because he wasn't good enough. Yeah. I mean, it's super dark, <laughs> but that could be possible. I think there's also the really, the fascinating scene of Fletcher's character in the hallway with like the student and like the little girl where he's just like being like a nice dude. And then he comes back in and he just fucking rips apart his classroom. There's also the scene, which is so amazing where, uh, uh, is it the brass section that had a mistake? And he goes down the line of each person and he calls out the random fat person and says, like, did you make the mistake? And he just admits it, even though it wasn't him who made the mistake. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then you get Fletcher saying like, he didn't know, that it wasn't him that made the mistake, and that's even worse. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. J.K. Simmons also, is J.K. fucking Simmons, phenomenal. He's pretty jacked in this movie. He's like, a thick he looks, boy. He's looking really good in that black tee. Yeah, he's an absolute fucking unit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I don't I lo- I just love what it says about like success and what it takes and if it's worth it. If it's not worth it, and it's... Well, and there's also the whole thing of, like, what they're doing is, like, it, even though it's it's music, it's still, like, performance, you know? Yeah. So, like, that's the whole thing. It's, like, it's not, like, Dude, this it's a whole told... different type of art form as well. This movie could be told, this, like, with the same exact, like, plot points with ballet. And it and... was. It was called Black Swan. No, that's and... so different, dude. That's so <laughs> different. <laughs> Um, or like any any sport, any anything. Yeah, really. Like Mighty Ducks. God, I hate you. <laughs> hey, Tennis. you're the one that opened it up for comparison. I don't think there's I, really a sports movie that comes even like anywhere no. close to this. But I'm saying like you could retell this story though, like this same dynamic between like coach and student, teacher and student, coach and mm-hmm. athlete. <laughs> but it's one that like with with athletics there's so much like it's okay if you fall behind a little bit the rest will catch up when it comes to like especially jazz and performing especially like with how fast and complicated and advanced the stuff they were working on was is like if you fuck up one note on one bar you've ruined it yeah and that's like fletcher's reactions to the band that he pulls uh Miles, or yeah, Miles Teller out of, mm-hmm. and he just like picks apart each other musician for just being shit, even though they're like probably okay, you know. But that's a but that's the thing is he's not looking for okay. He's I know for I know the absolute like I just insane so standards he held holds and like a lot of times that I think it can it can really hinder people's like potential, and on the off chance it helps them. It has a lot of consequences on top of that. I think I think here's what I take away from it is Fletcher's, you know, teaching methods is going to break a lot of really good people from mm-hmm. ever doing music again. But in the one like in the one situation where we have Miles Teller's character, we're going to get like the best of the generation. Well, but even then it still doesn't like the film is really good at not saying whether or not that makes it worth it. It really leaves no, that open for interpretation, and that's like a huge open, strength right? for the movie. Because like yeah, I think I you and it. I feel differently about whether or not that's I think worth we do. it. Then. 
but it's but we're both like we're basing that on what the film tells us yeah no i mean the movie allows you to make that decision for yourself it just simply says that that's what happened and Mm -hmm. is it good is it bad you can decide yeah oh it's so good it's really really well done and for a directorial debut it's out of this it's so mass like there's so much confidence in those edits and the fact that like I think it was his college roommate who, uh, like, wrote the music for this. It's insane. It's just fucking... It's I so hate how talented some people are. Pissed me off. Damien Chazelle... Damien Chazelle can go fuck himself. <laughs> no, he can continue doing exactly what he's doing right now and making amazing movies like <laughs> this, La La Land, First, First Man. Man. Yeah. Grand, Grand Piano was... He wrote Grand Piano. That's true. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> but I also like it's kind of scary to think that Damien Chazelle talks about this as being like a like the movie being like a personal experience like he apparently went through something very similar to this because he was in jazz band yikes and it's just it's, it's interesting he had a car crash but he never came back okay the car crash is the one the like the five seconds of the movie that I don't really like um, I think it's it, it it's good symbolically in actual the movie it doesn't play as well as it could. Yeah, but it's like the it, one moment in the every single time I watch it, I'm like ah, I just want to look away. Even though I like the way the the crash is shot, it's like staying yeah. inside of the car. That's fucking awesome. And then staying there as he crawls out. But I'm yeah. just like, this is the one moment where I'm just like. I don't But he it. needed it, you know? Like, that shows how, like, destructive he was, not only in his personal relationships, but just in general. It, it it adds a lot more to it. Even if it doesn't quite work narratively, it really works metaphorically. Yeah. There's also the great scene where we find out that the, the, the past student had just committed suicide, even though Fletcher tells the class that he died in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's and some then, of the parallel, too. Yeah. And then Fletcher raises complete hell on those three jumping students. And he keeps them in there going over the... What's it called? Uh, the... How to double swing. What's it fucking called? The jump Double time? Thing. Do you know? Double time. And... Is it double time? I think so. Uh-huh. And no student can get in. They're just going over and over. They're bleeding at the hands, dr- like completely dripping sweat everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Fletcher's just eating them apart because Fletcher, like the insults in this movie, are the greatest insults. Oh my Since God. Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even better. Honestly, I think I like them better because hearing them from for Jackie the final Sanders, father just... fucking time. <laughs> They're just so good. Are you a single tear motherfucker? Like, it's just. So good. Um, when mommy found out daddy wasn't Eugene O'Neill. <laughs> God. Uh, I don't even know what I was saying about that scene <laughs> with the three kids. I just really like it. And then yeah, we- no, his insults, unparalleled. It's so fun. God. And, like, they're not things you should quote, but I, no. I love quoting them. I want to know how much of that was written. Like a nine-year-old was- girl. <laughs> the... The Fatherless, faggot-lipped. <laughs> <laughs> the mini-me part, where the little dude walks in, twice. Get the fuck out of here before I smash you, mini-me. <laughs> oh, fuck. He's so good. J.K. Simmons, really absolutely. Like, and now it kind of sucks, is because like he hasn't really gone to that 
Well, no, he's never, definitely... Well, you know, the only thing we can all hope for is that the multiverse brings J. Jonah Jameson back into the <laughs> MCU, and he can continue his tirade on Spider-Man. That's true. Uh, but he was Tell me, Spider-Man, were you rushing or were you dragging? <laughs> uh, there's also, he had, a, I think, a Showtime show that was pretty good, from what I hear. I watched, like, two episodes. Oh? But then I canceled Showtime, yeah. Well... <laughs> You know, if that doesn't sell you, I don't know what will. So let's talk about this little movie called Brazil. There is a score in Brazil that reminds me of I don't remember which Star Wars score it is. Could it be the Princess Leia? I don't know which one. But it sounds eerily similar. So, okay. There are a lot of. So, it's an Orwellian dystopia, right? For Brazil? Can we break down really quickly? Orwellian dystopia. Mm -hmm. Based off of George Orwell. Yep. And and his book, 1984. Yes. Which shows us a dystopian future that is. Uh, How. How. Society can turn on each other for the benefit of whether like a government or um, like the way that we lose empathy but remain quote unquote order. Um, the original title for Brazil was going to be 1984 and a half. Really? Um, yes. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they changed it because it Why lets it stand on is its it own. Brazil? The reason it's called Brazil is the tune. That you hear in it, uh, especially towards the end, that you hear it like multiple times. It, it has a lot mm-hmm. of reprises. The do 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 do. Um, it so the inspiration for the film. Um, uh, sorry, it's been a while since I, I heard this long conversation Terry Gilliam had, um, but basically he saw. He was he was going past and he saw that there was a guy. That was in like uh like I'm pretty sure he was in like a suit or like a uniform and he had the song Brazil playing on this small little like um like portable radio kind of thing um, while they were in like this kind of like mill area or or something like that it was it's still like an industrial area and he just saw like that was the that was his that that man's escapism and that man's fantasy was this song. Um, huh. So that he used that as the title of the film is like this is it's escapism and that's one of the purest things that go over it. Interesting. So one of the things that really sets it apart for me versus other Orwellian films or things that are like dystopian sci-fi things. So like things that I think are better than Blade Runner or even let's say 1984 for example. In 1984 you have Big Brother. You have this actual enemy, you know? There's no real bad guy in Brazil. It, it's like how society treats each other as a whole, you know? Like, yeah. the Sam Lowry is a bureaucrat who is just as, like, doesn't care about other people. He does, he has it, he's so focused on himself and how, how he can escape 
like and in, into the fantasy world and like oh it's just paperwork whatever there's every other person there there's no like no one is there's not have to rise up against a cruel one like a cruel bad guy or anything like that or an organization or the government you know it's literally just people <laughs> like society just sucks and it's finding that and knowing you can't escape from that because there's no one to f- fight <laughs> but like I mean think not... about think about what um um Tuttle's like his reason for being a rebel he just doesn't like paperwork you know but he loves plumbing so now he's a he's a rebellious plumber that goes around and does plumbing for everyone for free like that's his he's against paperwork and because he's against paperwork it leads to these more problems of them wanting to arrest him things like that but like that's the main thing (laughs) yes you know there's not like a corrupt government it's like it's it's the problems that come with bureaucracy and paperwork but it's not like it's never really but isn't isn't it the corrupt corrupt system and the uh Information collection, or whatever it's called, but that's but that's everyone that's there, you know, because the the flaws that are brought up in the film aren't just about that, you know. It's also about how his mom just wants, you know, all this plastic surgery and like and how it's just to feel the ego or like they don't. No one cares about terrorism and like the only people to care about this wrongful death was this like the one neighbor, and then eventually it was Sam Lowry. But everyone's else, oh, it's just someone else's problem. And it's that kind of indifference is the big problem in the society. You, okay. So here's what I took about away from this movie, I guess, is that it's the story of, I mean, really two people, right? Mm-hmm. Both characters, the, the guy and the girl. Yeah. And it's what happens when their, you know, veil has been lifted, lifted up of the system and the world that they live in and the, like, the injustices that are going on. And how they deal with that. Well, I don't know if it's necessary. Like, I don't think there. He was definitely aware of them being a thing before. It's just he didn't care to do anything about it until it affected the literal girl of his dreams. I don't know. It's really there's there's a, a great satire with that. You know, where it's but, like, oh, the problem in the world is that no one cares. <laughs> but the reason that she started to do stuff. Is because of what she saw happen below her. Right, but then she was just trying to like figure out the information for it. She wasn't trying to take down this whole system. The only reason that it then became like a police thing was because he, like, being like a, like fueling his bravado, you know, and like yeah. made it worse. <laughs> but the reason though, I think that the the veil has been lifted is because like when they're in that diner scene, right, mm-hmm. and the bomb goes off, nobody else even wants to pay attention to it. But he's the only one who like recognizes what's going on and like sees that something's happening like everyone else is trying to live in their you know safe in their own fantasies yeah yeah so you think he's been if you would have looked at him in that same situation you know before the the events of the movie took place that he would have had the same reaction look at how he acts because he was he was complacent in his before the movie started like he wanted to stay in his you know uh uh, the only what's the department that he's working in uh, the uh, information retrieval or no, no, no that's no, no, where he goes that, before, that, um, before he takes the promotion um, it's uh, it's paper just paper what's it called there's a word for it 
It's <laughs> the fucking word for paper. Um, Coffin? Files? Not fi- filing. Um, Jesus. Wow. But Documentation? He's, he's, yeah, sure. But he's, he's, he's fine with being in there, though, you know? He's settled in that place. He isn't trying to change the system right. or change and the anything. only the only reason he moves up is to find more about this girl girl yeah so it's it's not to find out more about the injustice of of that murder the wrongful like arrest and then murder of of this innocent man it's literally just because he, he sees something that he'd like to escape into which is her right yeah into her vinyanya <laughs> <laughs> which is honestly that line for sex is so funny. <laughs> the necrophilia one. I never thought I would laugh at a joke about necrophilia until then. And I was like, holy shit, that fucking... There's so much <laughs> dark humor in this one. Oh, and yeah. like, the fucking, like, the jelly corpse. Oh, um, yeah. The, the funeral scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, That final... Like, sequence... Set. Well, no, 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 not not the whole sequence. That like bridge mm, mm-hmm. set is fucking amazing. <laughs> Did you like the baby face? In like baby one of the worst is... close-ups of all time in terms it's of like creepy. frightening. Yeah. This movie's very interesting. It's very there's so much going on, and I there's almost I don't even know if there's a word to explain this, but there were points in me where I was like, am I? Like, what am I missing right now? Like, when they're talking about, like, you know, uh, what's his face, his character, not wanting to do paperwork, I'm like, okay, am I, like, am I overthinking this? Am I underthinking this? What, like, what is actually happening here? And it's just, it's it's such a different movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's my second Terry Gilliam film seeing. What was your first? 12 Monkeys. Uh, you haven't seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail? No. Really? Interesting. Yeah, okay. I know. Uh, have you seen The Brothers Grimm? Nope. With Heath Ledger and... Is it good? No. I didn't even know that... Oh, okay. I didn't even know that was him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of... One thing that I, I talked about earlier in the non-spoiler part is there's a lot of tiny things that in the moment are like just kind of ignored so like the fact that his car is on fire is one Mm -hmm. you know like that they burn the car but then they're like oh you need to file a thing for the 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 missing car and then also you should get a new suit and then because he puts the new suit on that means he doesn't have his id and then that leads to the police trying to lock like that that chase and then that leads to him finding her and then them going on that chase it's wild (laughs) yeah i mean there's so many details that just bubble up there really are and i like those aren't things that I noticed on the first watch through, like obviously I noticed those things happening, mm-hmm. but I didn't see like the dominoes. Yeah, it's so it's so crazy. Um, and like the set design is gorgeous, all the piping and tubes and stuff. Um, the piping is another thing. I'm like, why are we focusing so much on fucking piping and like, like the well, because that that means that he's got the no freedom then, because then like. He uses his thing about the paperwork to then scare these guys off. And because he lets um, Tuttle work on his, his pipes and stuff, then they acquisition it. So then he doesn't get the comfort there. But there's, like, there's so much focus on, mm-hmm. like, tube, like, pipe, pipes throughout the entire movie. Like, every single time we see a hole drilled into the floor of a... 
building. think it a lot of it just adds to the atmosphere. And it, it one of the things is like everything's connected, but that doesn't mean they're good. You know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I it's really good and I love how like there's not really any exposition cuz it's such a specific like it's not it's not quite an everyman story, you know, because like he's an overly competent bureaucrat. <laughs> like he's too good at his job an and like story. But it, like it's a it's a guy who's just like happens to be a little bit better than most of the other people, but like he's fine in his place where he was, you know. He was a guy who was like doing the basic entry not entry level job, but like basic job. But you know? the the thing is like there are these great injustices happening in the world and the reason he wants to like change things isn't because of those injustices, it's because he's bored. <laughs> you know? Like, it's so, ugh. And, oh my god, some of his lines are just, like, so cringe-inducing in the best way. Like, I love you. In my dreams, I love you. <laughs> his his physical play, too, like, when he jumps over his desk, mm-hmm. is so good. Or, or when he has, like, the toast that's, like, soaking wet and he's trying to eat the toast. That's really good, actually, yeah. <laughs> I rewatched this movie... Um, they played it, uh, there was a special showing that was, I think it was like 35 millimeter that they played it in Ooh. and it was like a sold out crowd. I invited you to it. Uh, if you remember, you, did. And you didn't I show up, but do. it was a fantastic, cause I forgot how funny the film was like watching it with a whole bunch of people. People were laughing all the time. And it, like, there's so like little tiny subtle comedy, especially like slapstick stuff. That's so mm-hmm. good. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten hipsters, how hipster is this? What do you mean? The movie. Um, I don't know. Not that because there's not like like it's, but it's like super art art housey, right? Yeah, it's art house, but he's not cool, you know. And there no, usually has not. to be a level of coolness to it, even if it's an ironic cool. He's kind of cool. <laughs> I think he's kind of cool. Yeah, when um, he's got the they... long hair and the the samurai fight. Yeah, with the wings. <laughs> do you like okay? Why do you like the dream sequences? Um, because the way that they they show, especially the dream sequences and how they seep in to real life, they show that he's kind of gone insane, you know, and like that's how we get to the end of the movie, and it has a great payoff to that. Um, so at first you see it as daydream and aloofness, but then towards the end you see it. Oh, he's actually gone insane, and it, it's they both work very well together so like the fact that he'll see you know like the in the mirror he'll see all the the victims or like the the wretched people that were in the dream that are like covered in the rings and stuff like that the fact that he sorry i sorry to interrupt but don't you think that the fact that he sees like the people who have like been victim of the injustices is a fact that it's not just the girl. Like, there's a little bit more than the girl. Even though the main reasoning to start the entire thing was, was the girl. Yes, but that those are the things that drive him insane. <laughs> the the I fact see. that he can't live with those. But the main thing that he is, like, the actions he's taking aren't to do with them. They're the things that really eat him alive in the end. Mm-hmm. But they, they don't guide his actions as much. You know... It kills me because I was going to intro my main issue with this movie is the same issue I have with The Revenant, and that is the dream sequences. But I totally forgot oh. until now. Well, not do it. No, I just did it. 
Um, no, I think I think they really work, especially on multiple like view. They're also one. They're gorgeous, you know, of like where the, you see the, the valley and then you is, see yeah. the like the the skyscrapers emerge made Ooh, out of dirt. Shot, Those I are really gorgeous. Liked, I love the shot that's uh, top down when they're in bed through the sheets uh-huh. and as the it like folds like, close. in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just imagine um, Porky the pig. <laughs> jumping out there and it's like that's all folks <laughs> it's that frame uh, <laughs> yes oh it's a uh, it's super interesting and i know i have to rewatch it yeah it's just the texture to everything is so oh, it's so nice like i'm so happy that it wasn't in and like that all the tricks in it are camera tricks that there wasn't really a lot of like CGI stuff because I feel like if it was CGI and like green screen stuff, it wouldn't have the effect. Yeah. No, if this movie would have been made today, uh, it wouldn't. It would have been. Well, it was called the Zero Theorem. <laughs> huh. um, uh, you saw that, right? I did, <laughs> and it wasn't bad. But it was. Oh really? It, Terry Gilliam. It was his whole thing of like, what if we made Brazil for like this audience right now? How would it really? be? Really? Is that? Yeah, that was his whole point in making that movie. I never saw Zero Theorem. Interesting. Um, it's weird. <laughs> is this the definitive Terry Gilliam film? Yes. Uh, and that's like across the board, no matter who you ask. Almost all of them say yeah. it's Brazil. Do you think that this is like the, the one that like shows his style? And like yes. His, yes. His... Because, and in a lot of his styles, they work exceedingly well in this, but they don't in other ones. So I talked about that when, we, when I gave my review of Man Who Killed Don Quixote. I talked Mm -hmm. about how some of those framing devices don't work as well in other movies as they do in Brazil. Whereas I think like all of his skills just work beautifully in this one. They all come together and everything works insanely well. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm happy I watched it. This was going to be a movie that I was eventually going to watch on my backlog. So I'm happy to cross it off. Mm -hmm. Finally. Um, it's definitely it's really just, interesting, right? It's something where it's just like, I need to sit with it for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, there's so much going on. Like, even like the, uh, like the talking telegram, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, it's a, it's a fucking howler. It's a person howler. Yeah. From Harry Potter. Well, and there's also, oh my God, there's so many like tiny, tiny moments that I love. Like, um, <laughs> so you know that the kind of infamous shot of like, there's chaos going on. This this isn't in Brazil. Um, fuck, I don't remember what movie this is, but it's the the baby carriage going down the steps. The Untouchables. Mm-hmm. De Palma. Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> they do a version of that, but it's that little like viewing machine, the one that has like the camera on it, and that's yeah. falling down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. um, so <laughs> it's like I like the little plays on that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really good. It's. It's uh, the fact that I like it as much as I do is good because this is definitely something that's outside the realm of what I normally mm-hmm. <laughs> am interested in. Yeah, it's. I mean, the fact that like your your favorite movie is like a character study that is completely like it's it's realism and it's like everything about it feels. It, not only feels but is real from the sweat on the palms to the like the blood on the wrist from the the like from the drumsticks and Mm -hmm. like 
there's so much in it that is just like there's no there's nothing fake and mine is pure fantasy escapism and it's like polar opposites how long has this been your definitive number one um like a while it's, when, definitely a while definitely a while um i watched it when i was younger oh really yeah um um i don't remember when i first watched it but like it's i've known it for years and years and years um hmm. and like i always find a time to go back to it and i've liked it more every time i go back to it yeah um but it's one I usually like to leave some space in between my viewings, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Whiplash is one that you can immediately restart it. But, like, yeah. there's so much in it that it needs to, for, for Brazil Digest. anyway, that it yeah. needs to seep in. Yep. No, I totally see that. That makes sense. Um, Should we... Final thoughts? Are there any? Were those them? Um... Should we hop into Should we our... should we quickly go into just like a quick dive into like the weakest and strongest points of both of our movies? Oh yeah, I mean my I think my weakest point is that car accident scene. Okay. Otherwise I think it's fucking perfect. And what Flawless. do you think is the strongest thing in yours? <sighs> strongest thing from a scene from just any aspect of the movie? Cuz I mean if it's any aspect of the movie, it, the strongest point is I think JK Simmons. Like I think yeah. This is his best role ever. This is not going to be topped ever in his career. And J.K. Simmons is a very good actor. Yeah. But the, his performance here, his intensity, his command when he's uh, conducting is just, it's so flawless. Mm. And like just the, just that little, that one, that final shot of him where you see just his eyes and you don't see his mouth, but you you see the smile grow. Like, He's just, he's so, so fucking good in this. Um, if I had to pick a second thing, I would say that final scene, mm-hmm. watching that entire thing play out, is so, so perfect. From, you know, Neiman, or Andrew's excitement to get on stage and, like, start playing again, to him realizing, like, the fucking disaster of a situation that he's in, to Fletcher walking up and basically saying, I just fucked you in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, how does it feel? Seeing him even try to play, like, why would you even try to fucking play without sheet music? That is so painful to watch. Like, as somebody who, like, seeing somebody, like, try to do something and just completely failing in front of people is so painful and then like him coming back out and just like probably the greatest like concert like put to film when he starts playing uh what what's it called fucking blanking but it's just so good yeah um for me the strongest points i would say are the production design and and like cinematography working together Mm -hmm. It's fantastic, and then of course the the intense satire um, that is, and then I should say some of the weaker things is it, it's really minor. There are certain things in the background, like I don't know how I feel about some of the plastic surgery stuff. I don't think it yeah. quite works. It, it's a nice extra thing in the environment, um, and there are certain parts that may have more symbolism, like it the actress for like his dream girl is playing his mom when she's young again at the funeral really? scene yeah which is like crazy 
like, and very uncomfortable. <laughs> like when she That's turns so around weird. and looks young, it's the yeah. other actress. That's fucking uh-huh. Um, and that's, that's kind of strange. Um, <laughs> um, otherwise I think it's, uh, weakest part. I don't like the way they designed the screen. So it's just like a, like a big magnifying glass. <laughs> so then there's the one shot where you see like from the opposite and his head just looks really big. I like that though. I like that shot a lot. Actually. <laughs> I do. I just, I'm, I'm nitpicking now. <laughs> um, it's really weird because the, before I saw the movie, like the one image I knew of the movie was the plastic surgery scene mm-hmm. where she has like her like skin stretched back yeah, yeah and then it was finally it was weird to finally see that like played out like what's actually going on there yeah um I would say def- imagery is the strongest imagery and satire oh, are the strongest it's super good the yeah we did it David. we talked about our favorite movies and I don't feel like we were incompetent in it <laughs> like in the Star Wars episode <laughs> Are you telling me you didn't love the Star Wars? Uh, I it was it's. Uh, Is it your least favorite episode you've ever done? <laughs> it's a funny one. It's fucking. But it's something. a little kooky. It's a disaster. Yeah. Um. Do we want to dive in quick and do a very quick fix and pitch revisit? Yeah. Well, I mean, how quick are you thinking? Quick. Well, I don't know. I, mean, I made a full feature, David. We're, we're past two hours. Uh-huh. I, however long you want this episode to be. I'm cool with it. I can do a quick refix. <laughs> um, do you want me to lead this off? Well, David. One second. What are you doing here? Uh, we gotta do the, the theme song. I don't know how to... Uh, I actually didn't prep anything for the theme song. Even though it was That's the okay. the two year anniversary, um, oh, hold on, give me a second. Fl- give me I a second. Flowers. I want to see if I have any, um, any sort of instruments in the house. Because I don't have, I don't have my guitar or the piano in here. Um, I have a shaker. That could be interesting. Um. <laughs> It's a shaker. Thule, come out here and do a pitch and fix theme. That sounded like a fucking taser. <laughs> it kind of does. Thule, will you help improv a theme song for pitch and fix? Do you want the shaker or do you want to do the lyrics? <laughs> In the darkness of time, there was a pitch and fix and I felt all fine. I took a movie and I fixed all of its plot lines. I pitched a new movie and I tried to get it distributed by New Line Cinema. (laughs) In the beginning of time, there was the sound of the shaker. And then the movers. The movers and the shakers. And then the filmmakers. And now we've reached a precipice. 
of human enlightenment. Hang on, did you say precipice? I... <laughs> Uh, I'll just keep. I'll redo it. We've reached the Presbyterian age. <laughs> this is pitch and fix. Sounds fucking terrifying. That was pretty good. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, I felt like I would should do like bad colonialism expressions. Yes. Um. <laughs> The wonders of the Orient await you. Uh, uh. <laughs> Thank you, Tuli. <laughs> so I guess uh, that was a was that's, a theme. Hey guys, it's something. the ever changing theme song to the ever present segment, Pitch and Fix. The only segment we still have, other than first impressions, that is from the original episode, and I think it's still in the form of the original episode. Yeah. No, it is. Um, um, I don't remember if we only... had a theme for the first one. I don't either. I don't think we did. Um, the only thing that's changed for this episode is we are refixing and repitching. Mm-hmm. So I am going to be refixing a film that Ethan had fixed and previously. I'm, and I'm going to repitch a David original. Ooh. So exciting. Yeah. Do you want me to lead this off because mine is quick and yours is long? Well, mine's not long, but it's complicated. Oh. Uh, well, do, who do you want to go first? I think I think you should go first. Okay, perfect. So, do you even know which one I'm refixing? No, and I don't... You know which one I'm repitching, but... I do. <laughs> so, I am going to be refixing Anna and the Apocalypse. Great. Yes. Because uh, this is a f- film we were both super excited for. That's when true. The trailers and were released, and we, we were it. both, you know, p- pretty disappointed. You mm-hmm. we much both more watched so than me. The Alamo. We did because it was the only theater that got it. We were both like the only people there each time we went to it. Basically, um, and there was one other person in my screening. Well, I had Marissa went with me, and then there were like two other people, and it was the worst experience I've had in Alamo because this guy literally was just on his phone talking the, the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like a child. Uh, <laughs> He's like um, a man child. So a I mild. Think... <laughs> a, a chan. A, a chan. Stop, please no. Chin. So a chin. <laughs> so I don't even know what you just. <laughs> So, I think my major change to the movie would mm-hmm. be I would change the setting. I would take it from them being in like high school, and I would move it to them being in college. Mm-hmm. A, I think it makes the location horror a little bit tighter, so that way we know like where they are on like dealing with being on campus, right? Because a yeah. campus has a lot of different buildings that you can play around with, yeah. instead of this kind of going like, uh, they're at school, the department store. Then they're store, at the bowling, bowling alley. alley. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, they're all over town, and we don't we don't need that. We can keep it tight and on campus. And then once they get off campus, that's the end of the movie, and that's, you know, happily ever after in Zombieland. Mm-hmm. It also gets rid of my biggest issue from the, from the original movie, which is the fucking hor- horrendous principal and, like, father like fucking issue like i just hate i hate everything with the parents in that movie mm-hmm. none of it works that the principal is so so like it like he's the worst part every time he's on screen his song sucks him as a villain sucks mm-hmm. him being like oh i killed the parents <laughs> like he's 
He's a fucking like Disney villain. And yeah, not, not a good, a good one. one. Yeah. <laughs> and it just pulls me out and like it like the the kids in the movie are actually good. Like the the main girl and the main guy, I really like them. I think they're going to be fucking stars one day. Mm-hmm. I hope they will be. Um and I think I would make the story structured more around them getting back together cuz they start the movie basically together like the zombie apocalypse starts and they're together you know from the entire moment until he dies so i think i would structure more around them trying to like find each other on campus and get up out of campus Mm -hmm. and then i would also change the writer and director (laughs) okay who are you picking i am picking lord and miller Fuck, oh my god, it's going to be such a good movie. The reason being is... They oh, I'd can, love them to do a musical, too. They can write a script and songs that are fucking amazing. Like, we've seen this with, like, a movie one and two. They're just going to do the, the Spidey Bells. <laughs> well, that's obviously going to be in Which there. is fantastic. Like, we know that they can, they can write songs that are, like, mm-hmm. really good for a musical. And also, they can shoot action. Pretty fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. So... I think they would just work so much better with this film. And obviously, like, the easy choice would be um, Edgar Wright. But I don't think he I would actually, be I think right I for prefer, the musical. Yeah, I think I prefer Lord I think Lord Miller, Miller would one. take it better with the musical aspect. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's a really good choice. You like Fuck, it? Fuck, I like that a lot. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, can we still keep my songs in it that I made? Oh, of course, yeah. Fa- oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah, and we would also keep the poster because I love the poster for this. The poster's good, well, yeah. Well, the Chris, the tree, the the tree one. Mm-hmm. I really like that one. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Sweet. So, David, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh. Um, I can't wait. Now did, you did you make it? You had originally made a gritty Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah, the way it's supposed to be. And you said that it, I, I asked you if I could just pitch any sort of Teenage Mutant Ninja Toodle, Turtles. Toodles? Toodles. Any, <laughs> any Ninja sort of, Toodles. Any sort of Ninja Turtle reboot. And you said, no, it has to be gritty. Yes. So what I did was, was I you... thought, what, what would be the most enjoyable approach for that? So I thought, what if we made it a really schlocky 80s gore fest B-movie horror type. Whoa. Interesting. Um, and I made it. Oh, no. And um, it's hitting theaters near you. Yeah. Do you want to um, hear the trailer? I, yes. Okay. What do you mean for the actual trailer? For the... David, I made a trailer. You made a trailer? Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you serious? Here's the trailer. At, for our very special two-year anniversary, I made a I made a movie trailer for the Gorefest '80s version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Holy shit! Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. In the city of New York, a brand new terror lies beneath the streets. A determined reporter seeking the truth. Listen, what you're saying sounds like a load of bologna on rye from Pazizos. And trust me, I know a thing or two about bologna on rye. 
Right, a good sandwich. A dangerous secret being kept in the sewers. Uh, I need to get out of this stinking sewer. Listen, April, no one's gonna believe that there's, what did you say, massive gators underground? An ancient order, an experiment gone wrong, and more cover-ups than she can shake a stick at. Some things are better left under the surface. Oh jeez, oh jeez, it's a big turtle. Look at things attacking this here hockey game. Get back, you great David. Oh, that's my pizza, you big ugly piece of garbage. Maybe it wasn't baloney on rye after all. Destroyed by mutations, enraged by man, these amphibious abominations will stop at nothing to destroy the city. Hey, big shits. Let's do this one. Ninja style. Cowabunga, baby. You know, this is why I hate the big apple. Turtles love eating apples. No time to explain. Let's kick some shell. Come on. Boxes, skateboards, bunch of pogs, tamagotchis, and an open box of cereal with the character Al from the hit series Alf on it. These green bastards are teenagers, alright. Or just really sad old dudes. Man, this is one stiff tube sock. Yep, that's teenagers, alright. That's pretty great. How do you feel? <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How long did that take you? <laughs> a while. <laughs> Holy shit. Um. Oh. <laughs> so that's the most effort I've ever put into anything for this show. Really? More than uh 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 Invisible Zombie Sidekick? D- uh fun fact about that, that same same song. <laughs> The instrumental from Invisible Zombie Sidekick. Is it really? Yeah, for that oh. last little bit. <laughs> um, holy shit. <laughs> uh, what do you What do you think? I liked it. It's uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> do you like horror in a half shell? Uh, that's actually my favorite part. I think about the entire thing. That's fucking great. Did you catch Did you catch my Lost Boy reference? I did. I've never seen Lost Boys. Oh, uh, there's a line in it where he's like, "That's where I hate Los Angeles. Too many fucking vampires." Oh, um, <laughs> I love the uh, turtles or tortoise. Line. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. 
That's really fucking good. <laughs> oh. um, I used a lot of sound effects from uh, Doom 2. I was going to say, what's the, the, uh, the what's, yeah, what's like the scream noise? Or like the growl? Um, yeah, that's, that's monsters from Doom, the original. <laughs> so that's good. That's really good. Um, yeah. Fuck, yeah. dude. Uh, it sounds like a bologna on rye from Pazizzo's. God. Oh, it's a good sandwich. <laughs> um, how did you like my interpretation of uh, April O'Neil, uh, Casey, and, uh, and the pulverizer? Who is the pulverizer? Well, so he's a B character, and I completely, I just took his name, and I just completely reworked the character, because that's what they did in the days. <laughs> okay, because I, I like, I don't know who, the, I didn't know who that was. Um, I like yeah, his name I... is Seymour Guts. <laughs> He's a original X or uh, uh, X Men, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle lore. I think the best. Uh, okay, besides horror and a half shell, the final part. <laughs> how do we know they're teenagers? <laughs> Termergurchies. <laughs> Beats boxes, bucks, skateboards, good bunch of pogs. That's <laughs> yeah, fun. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So that that's that was two years, David. That How was do you feel? We've we started off recording in my dad's dining room we with did. one microphone, and then we moved downstairs, and then we moved into mm-hmm. the living room, and then we moved to separate locations with two yep. microphones. Yep. <laughs> um, I feel good. We've both moved twice since then. Yeah. Or, I know I've moved twice. Have you also moved twice? I have. I moved to St. Louis Park, and then I moved here. Wow, that's wild. I, I'm, I, I've got some two new jobs. Wild. I've gotten promoted twice. <laughs> you have? Holy shit, that's right, because you started crew, right? Yeah. That's wild. I, I think I was supervisor when we started, though. Oh. So you're fucking right? Yeah. Uh, we almost <laughs> recorded an episode at work. That would have been fun. <laughs> that would have been bad. Uh, <laughs> now that would have been great. Man. Um... There was those times that you would do actual work and then I would just edit, but I'd still be on the clock. Yeah, no, that was, was good. really good. Oh, time clock fine. Um, <laughs> um, it's been a journey, really David. You know, thank you, thank you for for you know you came up with the idea. Um, you picked the name I, that has terrible SEO, so we'll never actually like branch SEO. out and succeed. I just won't succeed as a podcast, David. We will. We will. Nobody is gonna search for a podcast. We're gonna be the movie boys. Um, no one's gonna search for our podcast. Not on Google. No, 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 no. It's okay. <laughs> I'll take care of it. Um, I think one one of my favorite parts of the podcast that also that was not mentioned earlier is Firehouse Dog. Oh, it's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic. Mainly because it ruined a review of one movie that I don't remember. Um, no, I appreciate that you you let you let bits happen. You come up with your own bits as well. Yeah. But then, like, we'll we'll talk about like serious movies as well. It's it's this has been a lot of fun. You know, baby. it really has been. And and I'm sad it's the end. Wait a second. <laughs> now that I'm at the end of my life, I <laughs> I look back on uh, two years <laughs> as an old man, remembering the good times. Um, fucking uh, uh, what's his name comes up Falcon comes up and he was like do you think you guys are going to do more episodes and I'm like no I don't think I will <laughs> I'll keep that one a secret um, 
Yeah. Oh. You know what I think? I think we're we're kicking butt in 2019. This is our year. Th- year two is going to be our best year ever. Wait a second. No, we just finished year two. Year three is going to be Uh-oh. our best year ever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all downhill from here. Oh, unsubscribe. Um, yeah. You can't unsubscribe if do you have pl- a subscribe in the first place. Do we have plans for the future of the cast? For the future? For, to what the future mean? of the future. Well, we're planning a live show, like tour, at the end, in fall. <laughs> Um, you know, we got a book deal coming out. Um, <laughs> oh, live show would be such a fucking disaster. Uh, it'd be fun. I'd love it. It would. <laughs> but we're a long ways from that, David. Oh, yeah. We, we have to get good hey, at it. Hey, guys. It's been two years, and look how much effort I put into that Ninja Turtle trailer. Yeah, you all should tell your friends about this fucking podcast. Do it. Um, we're thinking about maybe doing a Patreon, but I don't, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Maybe. We can set one up and... It'll just be there. Right? <laughs> Won't make any money. No. Yeah. Thank you for coming on this yeah, journey, thank you. y'all. Um, happy share, two-year anniversary. This is... Oh, thank you. Almost as long as my... Oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, oh. That's two God, kisses. God, that wasn't even One on my face. One kiss for each year. Wait, David, what is what's what do you do for two years? Is that wood? Is that silver? What is the What the fuck are you talking about? You know how like different anniversaries are like different things? Uh it's I don't know. I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. Cotton. Jesus. Here's a t shirt. Um so number one is paper. Year two is cotton. Number three is leather. What the um, fuck you? And then number four. So anniversary gifts by year for like traditional celebrations. Oh, sure. You remember Gone Girl? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they talked about it in Gone Girl. Do they? Mm-hmm. Weird. So what what can we do this one about cotton? Should we talk about vape tricks? No. What? How's what? 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 What's your favorite movie where they do a vape? I don't even know. Oh my God, I don't. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Cotton. Let's do like a stuffed animal. Which what movie character would you love a stuffed animal of? Ooh. I'm going life size Totoro. Ooh, giant stuffy. Ooh. Uh-huh. Uh a giant uh big hero six. Fuck, that's very good. Oh, you also got Stay Puffed, Marshmallow Ooh. Man, um uh the Luck Dragon mm, the, from Never Ending Story. The sea monster that Anakin Melks. Or that Luke Melks? <laughs> Uh, a lot of porgs, um, firehouse dog. Ooh, um, the fraggles. A giant uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds size Pikachu. That's very That's good. Or the Psyduck, any size. The Psyduck is my favorite. Oh, I love that Psyduck. The Snorlax. Fuck Snorlax. Psyduck for life. The fuck did you just say to I me, said, David? Fuck you, little Snorlax and your little. You motherfucker! I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right. Well, we both just get really close uh, and intimate. Make sure about to Snorlax. check us out on. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of it at mm-hmm. Futurecast. Follow us on Letterboxd. Yeah. Follow us on Letterboxd, dude. We're we're both cranking shit out on Letterboxd, especially me. Ethan, he's been like <laughs> taking a break on movies. I haven't done a lot of reviews lately, written ones. I know. You just you got to you got to lower your expectations and you got to do shorter ones. Yeah, but I don't want or to, don't, David. Hey. I got to go all in. Go all in. Um, um hey, give us reviews on iTunes if you got an iTunes. Um, 
what what else should they do? Uh, you should send us emails. You can send us questions. an email. If yeah, fun we got some emails. Talk about on the show. That'd be really cool. Um, eventually yeah, we actually we just actually, in our email. The first time we get three emails, we'll start a giveaway for some Blu-rays. Different people. <laughs> yes, not not just the same person, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, different people. <laughs> I got a whole stack of Blu-rays right over there. I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, some really good ones. Do in a little there. bit of Foley work. Blade Runners in do there. Do like a. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll it'll be yeah. fun. Alrighty. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know what some of your favorite feature cast moments were. And the next time <laughs> we talk, you will be coming back from Japan. Yes, I'll have been to another country. Watched. We can do a whole thing about movies not to watch on airplanes. Oh. Snakes. Sully. Sn- snakes. <laughs> snakes. <laughs> Snakes. Just, you ever see that? Just Anaconda? snakes. It's really fucking bad. Don't watch that one. Oh, sorry. Just snakes. Snakes. <laughs> snakes. Well, right. snakes for listening. Uh, bye. <laughs> like a snake does. Oh, Jesus.